Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit This episode of the ITL Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by No Halftime. Check them out over at NoHalftime.com and get the app for your Apple or Android device today. Football season is here, fantasy football season is here, and No Halftime has a really cool and fun way for you to play this season with player versus player matchups. Swipe left, swipe right to decline or accept challenges. You can play for free or for money, and if you use our promo code ITLNFL, they're going to give you 10 free bucks to play. Pretty awesome. 10 free bucks. Promo code ITLNFL. It's no halftime where the fantasy sports season never takes a break. ITL Fantasy Podcast Network presents In a World of Football Podcasts that sounds like this. Welcome into our podcast on Suck Talk Radio. And talk like this. Wah, 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 wah. Don't go after running back. Wah, wah. Because they're not. So much fun. Bogman, let's not overreact here. The In This League Fantasy Football Podcast. Featuring Bugman. Oh, the yummy silence. Oh, it tastes so good, you guys. All the props go to you. You're amazing. It's the way the world. And the well. I would give somebody $20 if Antonio Gates goes before you. <laughs> There's only two picks. <laughs> <laughs> Playing on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. That's like $4 in American now because of the Brexits. <laughs> Coming to your ears. And welcome in to the In This League Fantasy Football Podcast. It's episode 60, and guess what player it is? I don't give a shit because it's an offensive lineman, and it's 60. I don't know. Who wears uh, number 60? Um, Let me see here. Someone who weighs 350 pounds and who eats probably more meat than you do in a single sitting. Oh, I don't know if that's possible. Oh, man, I had the steak the other day. Yeah. It was so good. Right. <laughs> Kick ass. Um, top five steak? Uh, no, it's not top five. Uh, how about Chuck Bednarik, Hall of Famer? Yeah. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, is it? Mm-hmm. It's an offensive lineman. Defensive lineman, but Defensive he, he lineman. played center, too. He played right. both both ways in uh, Philly back in the day. He's okay. the guy who – do you remember the like the – the classic picture of Frank Gore, just uh, Frank Gore, a uh, Frank Gifford <laughs> getting knocked the f- out. Yes, that guy standing over him is Chuck Bednarik. That's ah, the number guy sixty. Who did it. Oh, great! Yes. This is the knock you the f- out episode of the ITL <laughs> Fantasy Football Podcast. Mama say knock you the f- out. That's what we're doing. I am the Welsh. Somebody bleeps right at the top. I am the Welsh on Twitter at is it the Welsh? That is Scott Bogman over there on Twitter at Bogman Sports. Uh, welcome into the podcast. Maybe you have already had a bunch of your drafts end. I know a lot of people have been like, hey, final draft. Here's the team we've seen. Boy, have I seen a lot of amazing teams. But maybe there are a few of you that don't enjoy uh, being a masochist and want to draft right before the season. How about you guys that drafted two weeks ago and the guy that drafted Tony Romo? Sucks mm. to be you. How about a month ago? The guy that drafted Deion Lewis? Sucks. Gee. To be or you. just the guy that drafted Des Bryant, you know. I yeah, mean, his well. value has to drop a little bit. And maybe you took him early because you're like, 
Romo is going to be great this year. How about the uh, six weeks ago that drafted Le'Veon Bell in a keeper league before he was suspended? Oh, that was me. That happened. <laughs> uh, the best thing about that was he put out like an apology video for being suspended. It was and it a rap admitted- video? No, he admitted smoking pot in December of 2014. <sighs> uh, of it, he's like, I haven't smoked pot since December 2014. And like the NFL didn't know that. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. There's a possible follow-up suspension for no, that, but he not. quickly deleted it. Please. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, but I'm on a mission to get suspended. To get suspended. Damn it, he's the, he's just the worst person. Just like he's not a bad person. He's no. just a moron. He's just a moron. They just need to like just cut pot out of the the drug policy, and the NFL is going to look a lot better because nobody does coke anymore. Maybe Gronk. That's about it, right? Yeah, well, Gronk didn't. No, Johnny Manziel, not Gronk. Well, yeah, Johnny Manziel. I don't think Gronk does anything. Manziel. Gronk doesn't even drink beer. Remember that video no? he did with? No, he did a video with Katie Nolan, uh, the uh, the amazing Katie Nolan, by the way. And uh, they were talking about beer, and he's like, "I don't drink beer." Of course he huh. doesn't, because he's slaying ass well, he, with yeah, the body. You know, that's not a beer body. That's right. not a beer body. Yeah. That's not I, a body by like, cheeseburger Bogman or a body by bourbon. Look, he just looks like a partier is really what I was trying to say. Not oh, yeah. accuse him of doing cocaine. It's a hell of a drug. <laughs> so, all right. Well, uh, we got a lot to talk about in this episode. We've got two things for you. We have an ITL mailbag, an extended one, because we're just going to cover some of your questions. You know, that I think that's appropriate at this point where I'd say 75% of drafts are done. Bogman and I, though, we have three of them coming this weekend. So really, we've done a majority of slow drafts. These are actually, is this right? These are our first live drafts of the entire season. We have been doing nothing but slow drafts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, first live draft, finally. Yeah, so we've got our keeper auction, we've got the ITL Army auction, and then we have this uh, big Bogman League, uh, IDP League that we're doing. So those are all live this weekend. So there is still plenty of information to talk to you guys about for your draft. So first off, we're going to hit you with a bunch of questions. There'll be some debates. We'll see what you guys have to say. Then we're going to dig a little bit deeper, and we're going to go into what we're calling the ITL Overtime Draft Day Stats. That's like that's like a, a big promo. ITL Overtime Draft Day Stats. And what we're going to do <laughs> is we've uh, we've put together a couple different, um, just I don't know, advanced stats that we we thought were interesting. First off, we're going to look at splits. We're going to really break down what happened last year, uh, maybe first half, second half, maybe you know post-injury of a specific player. We are going to look at some interesting splits for you guys to, I don't know, digest for a little bit as well. I think this is very interesting, and it tells a lot about um, the, the players that we're looking, the players that we're drafting, and the perceived value if you don't look at this. If I were to blindly tell you, I mean, you know this, Bogman, but if I'd ask somebody out there, hey, how many 100-yard games do you think Adrian Peterson had rushing this year? Someone might be like 12. You know what I mean? Right. It's not the case. This isn't the old NFL. Uh, It's pretty interesting. So we're going to be looking at 100-yard games and the impact and how many players actually did it at both ends and see if we can find some little stories on some of those. And maybe even it debunks some of the, uh, the, the player hate that we might have for specific guys. So we've got some overtime draft day ITL stats. <laughs> explosion explosion mega sunday sunday and uh we've got the itl 
mailbag here. But we're going to be getting to that in a little bit, as well as the lead, of course. I uh, want to tell you guys, you can check out everything we got going on at inthisleague.com. You can find all the fun stuff that we have, as well as our updated ranks, final ranks. If you got some drafts this week, this weekend, Labor Day, we've put together our new top 200, our new position ranks, just for you guys, and we'll be updating those at the ITL Army. So if you want to join in the chaos, if you want to join in on Joey Bosa's family is fun, you want to be a part of that? We're going to have spaghetti, huh? <laughs> now we're celebrating. we got a contract. we got some money. Let's uh, have a celebration. Hey, Bogman, you have a good steak. You have some good spaghetti and meatballs? I could, I could eat it. I could eat the spaghetti and meatballs. Isn't there? Uh, I what? get all serious. I'm like, well, are we talking spaghetti? No, meatballs? no. You got you completely changed the tone of it. You're like, <laughs> like, are you? Do you have some right now? What was that restaurant you, you went some? to Can in Vegas where you had like it was like a f-ing lobster, a steak, and then it was like something else. It was like it was like nine hundred dollars. It was like some ridiculous thing. You spent like a hundred dollars, and it was like four uh, it's different like, foods. It's like a hundred and fifty bucks uh, a person. But Joe bought Jesus. the room, so I, I bought I bought dinner. That was right after he got back from Afghanistan. Oh God! It was like uh, was it was like lobster. <laughs> so I don't remember the name of the restaurant. I remember the food was amazing. Yeah, it was like you're like I had a, like seven lobsters and there were some steaks seven and there were potatoes yeah. and there. I don't know. Was it the twenty dollar bar where you can just go get the little you know what they call lobsters? They might have sacrificed a goat just so everybody, for good luck, so everybody ate well. I don't know what happened. Well, I just they told remember. me the steak's name. I remember that being very nice. But oh, that's um, great. Uh, they didn't. Uh, it was just filet and, and lobster. It all was right, really well, good. Okay. Well, the whole point of all this is if you guys want to uh, join the fantasy hardcore community, you want to be uh, doing the stuff that we do, you want to talk with us all the time, all the giveaways, updated ranks, ITL Army. Check it out. Patreon.com slash ITL Army. We'd love to have you aboard. Uh, join today. Get in on the drop contest that we're going to be doing in September, which I think I said I was going to announce today, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do it on the Friday episode because that'll be the first day into September, and then we'll tell you how that rocks. Uh, but we'd love to have you guys joining on that. On that. The Listener League's full? Yeah, they're full. Now... There are some people who have said that they want out. So occasionally people either forget. Yeah, they either forget they have it or they're like, oh, I got one too many leagues that day. Or We've had a person or two that joined. That. We had someone join like one of our army leagues and they're like, oh, man, I'm going to have to dump out of the satellite league. This is too much. And we're like, all right, that's fine. Right, exactly. So um, still contact me. Still do rate and review and still email me, scottbogman at gmail.com, and let me know. If you want in, and I will let you know if a spot opens up, because sometimes they do. Okay, so there you go. There is a a perfect way to check that out. Hopefully we can get you hooked up. Uh, We really appreciate all the people that have been doing the iTunes reviews. Maybe we'll talk about a couple. There are a couple funny ones, but we'll do that on the Friday episode. we got a lot to cover here today. Uh, Two things I want to tell you about, and then we're going to get into the lead, because there's a whole lot to talk about. One, speaking of the ITL Army, we hit a goal uh, a couple weeks ago, actually, we weren't ready that we were going to hit the goal. We were, we were like, <laughs> we're like, hey, we'll put this up, and we were going to go bowling, a, a match, a bowling match versus Bogman and myself. And we hit the goal, and we were like, oh crap, okay. So uh, this past weekend, we went out attempting to bowl. Apparently, <laughs> on Sundays in Arizona, every human being bowls and has a birthday. As a matter of fact, every child has a birthday <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs> And every human being bowls. We we could not get into a bowling alley, and we went to more than one. Yeah, 
So we go to the first bowling alley, and there's like five lanes open. So we go up to the lady, and we're like, hey, uh, can we get a lane? Bogman used like, his uh, southern charm. He was like, uh, he's excuse like, Hello. me, gorgeous. How you doing? <laughs> uh, we was just looking to get a lane. I wasn't sure if uh, you could get on over here and help us with that. She's like, no lanes. Yeah. 30 lanes taken up by a birthday. Uh, we won't have anything till three. We're like, all right, you've been not helpful at all. Do you happen Thank to know you. where any other lanes are? Can't no. help you. <laughs> Can't help you. Seats Can't taken. Say. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Seats taken. Can't sit here. So we end up finally, after all is said and done, we end up at a Dave and Buster's where there's a thousand children having a birthday party. So it's done. We we just can't we can't pull off the bowling. So we figure we are going to have a video game match. Seven games, best of seven, yet we'll still play all seven. We will video each one and on our group me uh, ITL Army page, we created a room and we posted the videos and people could, uh, they could view them, they could comment, they could keep score, they could razz one of us if we're doing bad, and that's what we did. And we got in there. Though it wasn't easy, we tried to buy a fucking beer and the lady oh was having no God. part of us. Get out of here, Dewey. You don't want no part of this Women hated us. I don't know if we look like, maybe we look like their dads that they hate or something now. Oh, the, yeah, I don't we're, know. We're kind of that age. At this point, but um, I don't look like anyone's dad. I like make a point to not look. I mean, like I'm anyone's two dad. people's dad, but I don't look like it. I had my Scary. my so much fun Star Wars hat that Youngberg got me. I didn't, you know, we were fine. Everyone had my body by cheeseburger T-shirt on. Everyone was an ass to us. So, uh, what I'm telling you is, is we went out and we did a uh, a best of series. Here, here's a short little. Here's a couple clips to give you an idea of what happened. Well, I'm just glad I didn't have to embarrass myself in bowling. I found a whole new way to embarrass myself, so that's great. Yes, the Welsh won, and uh, he really needed it. I mean, with a face like that, you'd hope he'd be good at something, right? I mean, come on. Bogman taking shots, huh? Just like your game today. They missed! You missed it, bitch! I win. So, Bogman, let's just, uh, when all is said and done, how all right, superior... Let's go to the news. How superior... Am I at On pretty much all things? To the news. No, no, we got to cover well. this. But definitely better at basketball. I killed all the clowns. Um, I, I'm pretty good. I think I might have torn my rotator cuff trying to knock those those clowns down. My uh, my arm hurts more than it's hurt in a long time. And all I did was so shoot bad. basketballs. All I did was shoot basketballs. But we right. had fun. We were like, we, it was a little awkward because like. Two grown men in a Dave and Buster's playing video games with no children around, <laughs> videotaping it. So many kids. <laughs> we we're videotaping it, and we. It there, was my nightmare. It was, and that we actually had one. We did this Pac-Man game, and some kid just joined in, and we're and he's all quiet, and we're like, "Oh, you played this before?" He's like, well, "I don't know." And get he into started it, laughing, and he's like, ah, ha, 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 "I got you." We're like, "Oh shit!" 
<laughs> we were, it was scary. It was this little like Asian kid, and he just like owned us in it. But uh, it was fun. Uh, we gave you a little bit of montage. Those are some of the stuff we're doing at the Army. I highly suggest if you become a lieutenant, you can check out what we did. Uh, we've got some more. We have another goal that's uh, coming up here, which would actually be a it's a three point contest, home run derby, and uh, field goal. So best of three we would be uh, partaking in, and uh, that will be absolutely absurd. So we have some of those goals. So a lot of the guys had fun. Um, I don't know if anyone bet on us, but uh, they did like to see me. I had a couple amazing moments, like the the ski ball. I had five out of six. I hit the fifty. I was just, I was just, I was, I was in the zone. I was like Steph Curry up on the basketball game. It was, it was sick. I felt bad that you, you had to brag face me. about uh, any other stuff that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I was great at ski ball. I made like five fifties huh. in a row. If you made like five hundreds in a row, I would be impressed. Bogman, it, but we ho- you, you did you did a great job at ski ball. <laughs> Pat yourself on the back. We host a f-ing football podcast. That's a huge accomplishment. I'm really good at <laughs> ski ball. Of course, I'm going to brag about that. Let's brag about something else that's cool and exciting. I'd love for you guys to check out uh, the Bogman. We called it Bogman and Welsh play video games. It was a fun video series that we did. That's up at the army. But a cool thing that I'm excited to tell you guys about. We've ever so slightly hinted at it, but we can officially finally say something about it. That uh, the Fantasy Sports Network is launching a uh, a radio platform, and we are going to be a part of it. So uh, as soon you know, the, they have the television network, and they're going to be they on were all looking the... for guys really good at ski ball. <laughs> They were, and boy, did they find their man. They, they sure him. did. They got you. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, this is our skee-ball man. They're like, listen, we need a guy that can definitely knock down at least eight out of ten clowns in one given sitting with a baseball. <laughs> and I was like, guys, I'm we got man. you covered. I got you covered. Bogman over here, he does a mean gridiron challenge run in uh, under eight seconds, so uh, we got you guys covered. But yeah, we're going to be a part of the uh, Fantasy Sports Network's uh, radio platform, and you guys will be able to hear. It's 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 a version of what we do here. It's going to be for their radio platform with some new stuff, you know, some new stuff in there. So obviously, you you guys want to support us, and you want to listen to that fantasy. Uh, you want to listen to the Fantasy Sports Network's radio platform. You can find us on there. We're going to be Wednesdays. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. So there you go. That's exciting. And you can find all the stuff on their website. We're listed on there. But it is cool. We will be a part of very few people, by the way. There's not a whole. Our buddy Joe Pizapia and Dan Strafford, they are jumping back on the Fantasy Black. 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 Uh, Black Book is going to be on Thursdays. And I think Tuesdays and Thursdays, actually. We're sandwiched between them. And they're going to be doing a live show on that network. We will be there with a few others, so we are very happy to be a part of that. And you will find a mashup of uh, In This League on the Fantasy Sports Network. So bigger, better things are happening. All it took was for me to hit five out of six ski balls, and Fantasy right. Sport Network was like, sign them up. Whoop. Thank God uh, you know, I beat myself at air hockey. What else would you have? Well, Good Lord. I beat you seven to four. It's not like you beat yourself. You did. You lost I, the last I, point. I did. I really did beat myself. I'd like to play best of seven in air hockey. He almost killed and, somebody, uh, too, by the way. We have it on video. When I won, he threw the puck thing, and it flew, and it like oh, went it under the next table. Oh, it didn't fly that far. I didn't almost kill anybody. That kid survived. He just needed stitches. Shut up. Just a little bit. He it literally flew to the next table, and there's like five-year-olds everywhere, and he was like, Shh. And we're like, okay, just won that. But you did get sick playing Star Wars, so that was fun. Uh Aha, yeah, I almost ralphed. Yeah, that was uh, 
That was, did not. That did me dirty. It was not good. It was not good. So be on the lookout for it. The Fantasy Sports Network Wednesdays eight Eastern. You can find us as well. We're always here. This is the home base in this league.com and these podcasts. So make sure you're subscribed. But uh, hey, twenty four seven Fantasy Network. You want to carry that with you when you're not listening to in this league. You can do that. And guess what? You can also listen to in this league. Bachman and the Welsh. Pretty exciting stuff as well as uh, a bunch of other stuff that's coming, like, phrasing, the lead. Bogman, hey, uh, I gotta tell you something. Uh, my guy, Joey Bosa. Ah, uh, scusi. Babbity boopy. I got him hooked up. Hey, ho. Hey, 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 Sign a new contract, huh? Uh, thank you okay, for doing this favor for me on the day of my uh, son signing his contract. Joy Bosa. He finally got it done. I, I'm, you know, there's always one. Doesn't it seem like there's always one? And like we said last week, it's usually with the Chargers. Um, it's always with the Chargers. And all it took was probably like three guys, a bat, an old battery, and some uh, <laughs> jumper cables, and they got the deal done. Copernicus, why don't you navigate yourself to the back of the line with your feet and stand there with your shirt? That's right. Uh, you know, the uh, Joey Bosa has a new contract, and, uh, you know, the GM has a, a new wheelchair. Like, hey, That's how it works. Uh, GM, you know, uh, Catalina Bay, it's really nice, especially the bottom. Hey, hey, yo! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god hey you ever had any of these shoes that are called cinder block yo son <laughs> hey tom telesco why don't you take a ride in your car there's definitely not a bomb in it at all oh god okay, all, right. all right joey bosa um he signed i think he his whole deal was he wanted like and this is mafia sh- he wanted, like, all his money up front. Oh, I, I like money. <laughs> like, it's like the total You play jo- me 100%, all right? You did understand? We, I didn't see. And, I mean, we should have this. We're a show. We should be having this information. Uh, did you see what the contract is? I don't have it in front of me. But, like, nah. I saw the whole story. <laughs> Neither one of us are looking either, by the way. That's how that's how great of a show we are, by the way. <laughs> we'll produce and we'll do bits for you. But we're like, I'm not going to open up a new tab. Joey Bosa's contract. I'm <laughs> not going to uh, open up a new tab on my internet to look. But I uh, think. Uh, it's he a four-year, $26 million contract. But he wanted like $17 million up front. He wanted like the whole thing up front. Of course he did. He's a, he owes a guy a couple bucks. He had to pay back some, uh, you know, the thing fell off of a truck and he got taken care of and he's got to pay back. Joey, I'm asking you again, all right? Where is my money, okay? I don't hire these guys to protect you for free, you understand? Give me my money, Joey. Uh, Joey Bosa signed. Good for him. IDP le- IDP leaguers can uh, I don't know they can take a breath. You know they're not gonna, their their team isn't going to be sleeping with the fishes this year. I don't know. I don't know how players are just cool. Like how is everybody going to feel great about Joey Bosa coming back in? No way he plays week one. Was he going to play week three? Uh, I think he'll play week one, but he'll play like ten snaps, and then he'll play like fifteen, and then he'll get mixed in. He'll be fine. He better be good. Not like the Chargers are going to be any good this year, anyway. He so better be okay. good, or he's going to find some black Cadillac sitting outside of his house. If you know what I'm saying, <laughs> Joey. Uh, there Bosa. are people that have not. Ryan Porter has not watched The Godfather. We should all shame him. Really? Watch The Godfather. Ryan Cornell and the ITL Army just announced he was watching Pulp Fiction for the first time, and I was like. Kidding me? <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean, I'm jealous. It's a great movie. What? I said, damn, damn. You know that came up by the way. The amazing, amazing Gene Wilder passed away on yeah. Monday, which. It, it, it breaks my heart because Willy Wonka and the discussion popped up on Club 37 at the ITL Army was 
I brought up, I said Gene Wilder in Willy Wonka was a top five acting performance of all time. In my eyes. I think it was one of the best performance roles of all time. I put it with like uh, Christian Bale from American Psycho, Heath Ledger from Joker, Jack Nicholson from The Shining. Uh, Gene Wilder was amazing. And, you didn't uh, put it with Johnny Depp in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? <laughs> no, it just passed on that. Maybe the oh. deep throat guy, the little, the, the little guy that played uh, the, the little people. What's the thing? What the, the- are you talking about? <laughs> you know the little like the guy who does all the songs and the Johnny Depp one. The his Oompa name's Loompas? like yeah, the Oompa Loompas. But his name is like oh, Deep I didn't Road see the something. Johnny Depp one. I just heard it was terrible. Oh, so. it was just it was just the worst thing ever. But <laughs> where was the whole point of all? That? Oh, it was uh, Cornell had just seen Porter hasn't seen Godfather. Cornell hasn't seen Pulp Fiction. What the hell's going? What is happening to watch our movies? Watch let's, movies. Let's get it. Let's get more into this lead. With all we've done is talk about Joey. What are these people movies? doing? What are these people? Are you doing schoolwork? You're listening to a fantasy <laughs> podcast. You do fantasy. What are you doing? Living with your family? Come on. We know you're fat losers. Watch a movie, fatty. Come Watch on. a movie. Listen to fantasy sports. Shotgun a beer. All is good. Uh, number two. Wow. We're going to move to the least funny thing that we're going to talk about here. Uh, Colin Kaepernick. Oh, shit. Here we go. It's on. Uh, he's not... taking a stand by sitting down. <laughs> he's taking the ultimate stand on his ass. Uh, I don't want to get into the politics of all of it, but... I think what he's doing is right, but he's doing the wrong thing for the right thing. You mm-hmm. understand? What he's trying to shed light on, I get, and I understand. How he's going about it, I don't think is the right way because he's alienating – he's first alienating everybody. And second, he put all the attention on himself and what he's doing and not the message, but he sees that he's getting the message. Okay, but I don't want to get into all that. That's not what we're right. here for. What I can tell you as a 49er fan, I want him so f***ing gone from this team, it's not funny. Like, I was talking with a couple people about this, some other Niner fans, and they wanted my take on it. And it was just, there's nothing I want more. Like, if I could talk to Joy Bosa's family to help me resolve this situation. Uh, Scusi, babadaboopy. I would try to get this situation resolved. You ask me this favor on the day of my son's signing. Um... (laughs) Please, <laughs> please, fantasy father, can you help me? Uh, i got to solve a problem. It's a Kaepernick problem. Uh, I, uh, I don't want any part of it. it it's depressing. It's my team. I, I'm so sick of him. And, you know, taking a righteous stand when, you know, he's really, there's been a lot of crap. Some has been on the organization. He got himself in a bunch of hot water, if everybody remembers, with a chick in a hotel room. And it's nothing but attention. It's like the bad attention. I, I just want it done with. I've never wanted a player more done with. The Niners are now talking, is there, the, you know, everyone's got a slick word. It sounds like a mafia word. They're going to ice him. Yo, whoa, hey! Uh, for the season, by the way. <laughs> Like, hey, I thought you said ice him. You just wanted him to sit. They're going to have him sit all season, it sounds like. And they may move uh, Driscoll to the number two. And that's fine by me. The good thing is, is that he'll never have to stand even after the national anthem. He can just sit on the sideline the entire game because it won't matter for him. Um, Yeah, I mean, Alejandro Villanueva, the Steelers left tackle, was a, you know, he was a a Green Beret, I think it was, or a Navy SEAL, one of them. But he's... uh, he said, you know, look, you know, we live in the best country. If you go to other countries where there's like real race, racism in Europe, and, you know, he was a soldier in Europe and, you know, Dude, he what had a soccer fan. Soccer because he's a minority. You ever seen those documentaries and stuff with oh soccer fans do? If you're you not should, white? Yeah. It's brutal. It is some brutal, yeah. brutal. But that's not the point. I, right, like, right, right. I'm going to be I, honest I, with you. Like, he wants to not stand and stuff. Like, it's not my business. Like, I'm not – it's just not my business. I'm, I don't – It just makes him look bad. Like, I don't care if he does it or not. 
It just makes him look bad, and it, it's just another bad thing for him. Yeah, he should be concentrating on trying to get his job back or a job somewhere and not bringing this type of attention. Yeah, I don't get the impression when I, I – maybe – and it's not just because, like, he's got that weird, you know, hair rag thing going on and everything. I just get this impression when I look and I'm like, does this guy even care? Does he just even care anymore about football? He did look – you know how sometimes when I'll, I'll like, get crazy eyes yeah, yeah. with this hair – like I look like uh, I kind of look like a psychopath. He kind of looked like that when he was talking about all this stuff. Like he, yeah, he just has big eyeballs in his head anyway. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. he looked he looked angry when he was talking about it, and uh, like he didn't want to talk about it anymore. But you know, you don't. You don't do something like that to not get attention. Yeah, and, I mean, listen, you know. man, you have a platform. Um, it, you know, it's the best time to help or make change is when you have a right. platform like this. this. Is why people have these athletes have big charities and do stuff like that. It's just there. I think there are better ways to go about stuff. Do what you want. I can just tell you, as a 49er fan, I'm so sick of. I've been so sick of it. I mean, if you've listened to this podcast at least once before, you know I've been over Kaepernick for a year. I've been over him for a long time. I just want him to be someone else's problem. I wish he was. Uh, but let's right. get to some more fantasy yeah. stuff here. The big one, the big one that happened, the LOL of LOL moments, Tony Romo out, injured, because, of course, he is Mr. Glass from Unbreakable. Uh, one hit, he fractured. I shouldn't laugh because it's like it's mm-hmm. it's, it's not nice, but like he fractured his back. Uh, Dak Prescott is now the starter who I was so impressed with in the preseason. We had a lot of conversation about him where people were talking about drafting him. And then Romo went down after all of this. And he's going to be, Christ, I don't know how long he's going to be the starter. It's probably going to be, I'd say, minimum they, six they weeks. They said midseason. Yeah. yeah, they said midseason. But now uh, Jason Garrett apparently said, well, I'm not uh, – Ruling him out for week one, he could just wear a jacket or something. But okay. when you're when you're Gold as old jacket, as, green jacket, who gives a <laughs> black jacket? Yeah, um, when you're as old as Tony Romo is, and you have a vertebrae injury, why mess with it? I mean, you know, Dak's going to take over. He's look good in the preseason. Uh, I think that a lot of uh, Cowboy fans are going to have a rude awakening when he gets to the regular season and he's facing the uh, the real defense for four quarters, but. They do have a good offense around. I like that. So it's not it's not a bad spot for him to be in. It's just you, a guy that is a developing quarterback. You wouldn't want to start week one of his rookie season. Yeah, I get it. And but the positives are he has the best line offensive line in the NFL. He's got looks like a power running game behind him, and he's got one of the better receivers in the game. He doesn't have a bunch of other complimentary. It was Jason Witten, one Jason of the best Witten, check down, more reliable. Yeah, yeah he, and, and Terrence Williams is a good uh, you know. He's a good burner. You know, so. I would say that um, I don't know if there's many better situations for a developing quarterback than better to be than in starting Dallas. in Cleveland. Yeah, sure. you know, uh, it's it's better than starting in, uh, you know, Washington or, or you know so, some other places like that where they don't have this type of stuff develop. He'll be he'll be okay, but he's not going to be great. I think uh, you know, like we'll I see. said, Cowboy fans are are ready for a rude awakening. And we're going to cover more of this uh, in the questions. I can guarantee you, uh, the most questions we got were about the entire Cowboy situation. So that's coming up here in the mailbag. What else we got? Uh, Trevor Simeon is the Broncos' starting quarterback. Sanchez didn't play. Looks like he's going to get cut. Or I know. Traded. Yeah, the Cowboys have been uh, you know ringing their ringing the bell over there and we'll see what they'll give up for Mark Sanchez probably not anything great Tony Romo but he <laughs> <laughs> might as well he'd be it'd be good for him to 
I think it'd be good for Mark Sanchez to to come in there just in case Dak isn't that. You great. know the the positive for Trevor Simeon. I will say this: I am still shocked about this, the, the, and this is not going to be a, a Tyrod Taylor thing. But I am shocked that like he overtook not only Mark Sanchez but Paxton Lynch. But he does seem to be the best like passer. He's not, I don't think he's the best quarterback, and I don't think he's the best athlete. But he seems to be just the best safest passer it's like the trent dilfer of you know the the, Ra- uh, the ravens time you know and not right. not even comparing him to that but you know against right, the right. niners he looked really good until he gave up the pick six to eric reed so he's probably a lot because a lot of people are looking at uh, demarius thomas and like oh boy we're gonna knock him down you're gonna knock um emmanuel sanders down what do you think and i i don't know I, this might be better this uh, simi might be better than sanchez i don't know if it's better but i don't think it matters you know, I think that Demarius is going to get his yards. Uh, I've, yeah. I've said from the jump, I'm not a big Emmanuel Sanders guy this year just because the nature of the offense are going to pass less. Yeah, me too. Uh, so, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, Virgil Green has been a nice target there. That, yeah, um, Jeff Hurman. I'm surprised Jeff Hurman hasn't been. But he's I hurt. Just, he's hurt again yeah. already. Oh, Jesus. So, yeah, so it's kind of a mess. Look, they're, they're going to they're gonna run the ball and play defense. It's what yeah. Denver's going to do. So just take that. Just take that as it goes. How about Brandon LaFell playing ahead of Tyler Boyd? It, it looked like Boyd was going to get the shot because LaFell had the uh, hand injury, but it looks like he got over it really quickly. I don't know. <laughs> Brandon LaFell has a permanent <laughs> hand injury because it's uh, he's the league leader in drops, it seems like, every single year. I don't buy it. I'd still, I'm drafting Tyler Boyd before I'm drafting Brandon LaFell. But like, if you care enough about this situation, I don't think your roster has gone the way you want it to. You want Tyler Boyd, but... He should be like, yeah, but he should still be your wide receiver five. I mean, you and I are in a 16 man in the champ, and we were in a bunch of 16 man. There's no way Tyler Boyd should be anybody's wide receiver four. Yeah, no, very true. If if Tyler Boyd is your wide receiver four, you've dropped yourself into a bad situation. Yeah. Um, What about in Houston? Lamar Miller is clearly the starter, but Tyler Irvin playing right behind him ahead of Alfred Blue. And, uh, you know, the rest of the slew of uh, Mixon, John Grimes, you know, those type of Texan backs. I think it's fine. Uh, he's a guy that you should look at. But, like, why are you super excited? People are, you know, a lot of people want to downgrade Lamar Miller right now because the offensive line and what a mess it is. But Lamar Miller is uh, – he's the workhorse. Tyler Irvin, I mean, the, the, the reason you go after him is if you're kind of considering injury. I don't know if there's going to be a whole bunch of run, though. He, he's, uh, he's a good athlete, and he's exciting, and he can make some plays. To me, he's more of a watch guy or a deep 16-man league. Uh, other than that, I'm just just monitor him. I mean, maybe if you're a Lamar Miller owner and you're really terrified, you could own him. He's the guy. If it goes down, though, I do, uh, I do, I do think Alfred Blue will get run. I think yeah, Tyler Irvin will will be the more of the majority. I think what would happen is I think that uh, Irvin is just a receiving back, kind of you know a two-minute drill type of uh, out of the backfield type of guy. Um, you know, maybe come in on some third and longs, that type of thing. But um, he's I, – I think that Alfred Blue would be the immediate backup if something happened to Lamar Miller and Irvin would just keep whatever his role is. But it, for the immediate, he'll get more time than Alfred you Blue. Might, yeah, you might be right about that. A couple guys got cut. Ruben Randall, LOL. Bogman, <laughs> yeah, LOL. Ruben Randall. What what are you LOLing at? I'm just LOLing because there's a lot of people that really like Ruben Randall for whatever reason. I don't reason, like every Ruben Randall. I'm, I'm not saying okay, you do. I'm okay. not saying anybody right. on this podcast it's, likes it Ruben Randall. It sounded like you were, you know, Bogman, LOL. Oh, guy. no. Be like, 
like you just how you made Rashad Jennings my guy out of nowhere one time because mm-hmm. I took him in a draft. You're like, oh, your favorite player in the world, Rashad Jennings. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't like Reuben Randall. You love, yeah, Reuben Randall, him. James Jones, shut up. Yeah, James Jones got cut. But no, I'm saying Reuben Randall. There's some podcasts that love to talk about Reuben Randall. We don't. Yeah. And he got cut. Um, though, you know, to everyone's credit, when Nelson Aguilar was going through whatever bull crap, it looked yeah. to be legitimate. But Doriel Green Beckham comes in and, um, you know, he looks like he, he looks like he might actually be a thing. But James Jones cut from the Chargers. Bodes well for Tyrell Williams. Tyrell Williams, we made fun of him. Maybe we made fun of him too soon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tyrell Williams watch. <laughs> uh, but a couple guys cut there. Uh, so, you know, don't be drafting them. All but helps. Doriel Green Beckham moves up a little bit even more now. I mean, he has solidified into that third wide receiver role, if not the number two and one of the main red zone targets. He's looked good so far. So one guy that I did like in a draft, and I took him because it looked like he had this, the backup job to my guy, apparently, Rashad Your Jennings, guy. locked up. Uh, Andre Williams had the job locked up, but then he didn't see any field time in the third preseason game, and he may get cut. Wow. Weren't they saying like he was like – he was like doing work in the off season, like That's leader stuff. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I guess maybe uh, McAdoo just didn't like something, or uh, maybe he didn't. Maybe he had an illness or something. Like, I don't so know. So many, it's dude. Weird. I don't understand why. They, I, I think it, if they could get any taker for Andre Williams, they should do it. You know, if uh, you know, there's a lot of trades that have been going on. Little weird trades. Andy Lee just got right. traded. You know, he had the trades a couple of weeks ago with Huff and Trent Cole. If they could maybe get Washington. anybody. Yeah, uh, Stephen Ridley, Keith Marshall, Keith Marshall got hurt. Yeah, so and Stephen Ridley actually, we can just say that right now. Stephen Ridley signed uh, with the Colts. We had been we had been guessing, you know, for weeks that it was going to be like uh, Ronnie Hillman or something like that. But the jobs right. are kind of lowering a little bit. So yeah, maybe they could move him to Washington. Though he's like, I mean, he is Matt Jones and him would be just the same player. Right, but Matt Jones is a little bit banged up with the shoulder thing too. So maybe even if it's just for a couple weeks, just you know, uh, see how he goes. Totally you know, expendable though. He's the right. If, if you had to dra- if you were forced to to rank the Giants' running backs, it's easily Jennings, Vereen, and Perkins. Okay, yeah, yeah. So yep. we're in agreement. There. Easy. Yeah, and like right. I said, Stephen Ridley um, yeah, signed with the so, Colts. Right. Uh, Kenyon Barner was the first to carry over Wendell Smallwood. So it looks like uh, Kenyon Barner is the third or however you want to call him. It's disappointing. The, probably the backup to Matthews with Sproles being the receiving back still. So, um, you know, it sucks for Wendell Smallwood, but it's the way she goes. So he's a rookie. He'll get his time eventually. I well, mean, you, know I like, you know I like get Smallwood. It pisses me off. Right. Yeah, but Barner, like Barner was a big guy at Oregon. So it's not that surprising to see him, you know, get on somewhere and make uh, some type of an impact. And Ryan Matthews is going to get hurt, so they'll all see time. Yeah, He gets hurt every single year. This is the most interesting. I This is like I was a year early on this. Uh, C.J. Spiller played with the first-team offense in New Orleans, finally. Uh, last year, he couldn't get on the field to save his damn life. They drafted Daniel Lasco, so it looked like, well, they're going to cut Spiller. There's his replacement. And they got high and then t- and Hightower. The field. And they got freaking Yeah, they uh, have Hightower. Hightower too. Yeah. I, so well, the Saints love Hightower a lot. The Saints love to run all these multi-running back stuff. You know, they had Kerry Robinson and, and Hightower and da-da-da-da. I, um, I do think it hurts. I was never a big Hightower guy. I would rather be taking C.J. Spiller over Hightower 
But at the end of the day, like I don't if I I just want like Ingram or nobody. I don't want those other guys because it could be like week one it's Spiller, uh, week you know two through five it's Ingram, and then all of a sudden Hightower comes out of nowhere, and then Daniel Lasko in week thirteen. Like I just don't want to mess with that stuff. I want more consistency. They just excite me because. It's still a New Orleans offense, you know yeah, what I mean? Sure, like, but like, but like, New Orleans okay. has always has a high powered offense. So if one of them got on a roll, it would be, you know, it, it would be really good to have them, like CJ Spiller. You know what'll happen? This is what'll happen. CJ Spiller will go for like 120 yards and like 10 carries one week, and then he'll have like 80 yards the next week, and you're gonna be like. Shit. I got to get him in. You're going to put him in your lineup, and he's going to get two carries for negative four yards. yards. <laughs> no, negative four yards on two carries with one catch for five yards, and you're going to just you're going to hate him. And it's like he's the type of guy you'll never make the right decision. I don't feel like you'll right. ever start him in the right decision. I understand that, but uh, still, like you know, sixteen man value. If you're desperate, you, you gotta yeah, you got You got to put him in there somewhere in a sixteen man. That, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Let's take a look at some injuries here inside the lead. First one, <laughs> why? Bruce Ellington put on the IR, tore his damn hamstring. Shame. And, of course, we I put him as one of my sleepers for this year because he looked like he was going to be the beneficiary in Chip Kelly's system. They loved him. He was the playmaker on the offense. And now he's going to be sitting on the bench as much as Colin Kaepernick. Bruce Ellington, the playmaker on the yeah. sideline for the season. I, that's how, that's what they called him out of college, right? Was the the playmaker. Is it like illegal for Ellingtons to stay healthy? Uh, yeah, I think it's against the law. Okay, I'm just making so. sure because they don't. Who does that make the the three now? Is it uh, looking at the Roto World depth chart says DeAndre White? Um, the, the three doesn't matter. It's Quentin Patton because what they're going to do is Tory Smith will still be. This just bodes, I suppose, more well for for Tory Smith. Um, because a lot Vance of people McDonald. are, yeah, that's where it really goes. And then it's Quentin Patton. A lot of people have been crapping on uh, Torrey Smith because of the lack of targets in the preseason. Okay, whatever. I still like him. Chip Kelly is going to run a lot of offensive plays. I actually might bump up Torrey Smith a, a notch or two. Now, Quentin Patton, who he's a gamer. He's just uh, he's a football player. He's not a super amazing athlete. He's not going to be a crazy playmaker, but he's a possession receiver. He's going to move into that, I think, Bruce Ellington slot role where he was kind of uh, going to play the outside. And I wouldn't be surprised in three wide receiver sets when he's going to be in the slot and then they'll put, you know, some other they awful, horrible signed, wide uh, receiver. Uh, they just traded for Jeremy Kelly. Hey, you stop laughing right now. So Yeah, whatever. Early. Like I said, any horrible wide receiver that's out there, they'll put on the outside. <laughs> the two will be Quentin Patton, unless I don't know, you know, unless they go bonkers and they go make some major trade. I don't know why they would. I, I don't understand it. But uh, continuous continuous embarrassment for the Forty ers Horrible, horrible for me. I just I hate seeing Bruce Ellington go. High hopes. Uh, plenty of people have drafted him early, but obviously do not, as he is put on the injured reserve out for the season. Now, when we were recording this. We do not have the full information on number two, but this is a big deal here. Let's talk about the prospects of it. Teddy Bridgewater, I don't know if you saw this, Bogman. I don't know if you were awake. Twitter was acting like like a, a disaster happened. Yeah, yeah, seriously. They're like, an ambulance is going to the stadium. Teddy Bridgewater's down. Players are freaking out. Players are, players are praying. <laughs> Everything was going crazy, and it was like, I think he probably tore his hamstring, you know, or ACL or something like that. And uh, it's a serious injury. They, it sucks. Yeah, he, he's going to be gone for the. I'm pretty sure he's going to be gone for the season. As people are listening to this, they're probably going to know what the deal is. But uh, he gone. Non-contact left knee injury. That sounds like an ACL. Yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, Sean Hill is the backup. Mark Sanchez. Um, <laughs> yeah, Mark Sanchez is about to get cut, so we could definitely or see traded. that happen. Or traded. Um, or traded. Yeah, uh, Josh McCown is still available. Zach Mettenberger so, got cut by the Chargers. Hey, we got their old guy. Zach, Met- Zach Mettenberger is the reason that Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham sucked at LSU. How about this? So, How about this? Colin Kaepernick? <laughs> Colin Kaepernick. I like it. Get off the 49ers and go to Minnesota, please. Anybody but Sean Hill, so let's go. Okay, but let's talk about the prospects of how does that affect the rest of the team. Uh, the wide receivers, I'm already down on the majority of them. Charles Johnson I liked a little bit because he's the lowest of value. Treadwell, Diggs, I'm not super big on. This is all about Adrian Peterson, and yeah. this doesn't change anything for me. They're, they are going to. It's going to be the Adrian Peterson show. It should be 30 touches a game minimum. Yeah, I, I think the I think I'm probably now going to move Todd Gurley ahead of you mean opposite. ahead of Adrian. Well, you mean Adrian ahead? Know. You mean oh you're gonna you're gonna move Todd ahead of Adrian Peterson? Not the I other might, one. You know what? They're just closer to me. That's all. Yeah, they're still like one A and one B. Either moved, way, you flip it. I moved so, Todd ahead already. I almost kind of want to put Adrian Peterson ahead. Like everyone's freaking out. Like Teddy Bridgewater was Peyton Manning. Teddy Bridgewater. Through less than and the Minnesota Vikings, through less than any team, all they need is a game it just, manager. It just depends on who they get because Sean Hill really sucked. Dude. Well, and Joel Stave was no good at Wisconsin, and now he's backing up in the pros. That's not okay. Like something needs to happen. San Francisco so, needs to get on the phone with Minnesota right now. Right, right, yeah. Like, <laughs> I yesterday. mean, for you, sure. I mean, yeah, they need to figure something out. They need to go get Josh McCown. Maybe uh, Sanchez, like we said before, something needs to happen here because uh, this is no good. It's no. no good for Minnesota. And, you know, I mean, Adrian Peters can run through, uh, you know, nine-man stacks. He's done it before, but it's just he's 31. You know, do you want him taking another brutal season like that i just feel like teddy bridgewater at least had the threat of being able to go downfield i don't know maybe sean hill be better than teddy teddy didn't have a great year last year but things were looking up for teddy dude sean did some stuff in detroit he did some stuff in san francisco back in the day sean can get it done or if they bring someone else in there they just need someone to manage the game i'm just saying he can get it done get what done well they, they don't need they barely have 200 yards passing a game you might be able to do that, Bogman. I mean, maybe not with your form, but you could probably get that done. No, no. I could definitely not get that done. All right. So. Uh, another one. Uh, this is in. This is good for me here, by the way. Uh, John Brown finally cleared to resume playing after headaches, after concussions. Bodes well better for maybe not shying too far away from him. I'm going to keep him where I have him ranked just because of all this, but this is a great sign that you're not. we're not going into the season without him even being activated yet. So, I mean, does it make you feel any better about John Brown? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Uh, I, I'm still like, he had those headaches for a long time, so I'm kind of worried about him taking another shot. Sure. So I, I moved him down a little bit, but not much. Okay. So. Uh, your guy, Ladarius Green, put on the pup. He is officially out for six weeks. When uh, we were getting some, you know, we were getting some uh, information that it was like, hey, he might be ready for week one. All this stuff is overblown with the headaches and then the ankles and blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, it wasn't, and now he's out for officially six weeks. Yeah, you know what? I, I actually think this is a good move. You know, I, I'm not excited about going out and signing Ladarius Green and him not being able to play or anything. But if he does have these these weird headache things and he has uh, the ankle injury, and that's what they're saying this is. They're saying that it's an ankle injury. Then he needs time to recover. I'd rather have him for the playoffs and have him at the beginning of the season. It's just like the same stuff with Le'Veon Bell. While I'm not that concerned that he's going to miss the first three weeks, 
yes, it sucks losing Le'Veon Bell. He's probably the best running back in the league when he's healthy. But, uh, you know, I would rather have him for the playoff run and for my playoff stretch for fantasy. So it sucks. I don't really see Ladarius Green as draftable in anything in 10 to 12. Maybe he is at the end of a 16 if you're willing to wait. And maybe, you know. In a six, in a sixteen, you can, but I'm not. I'm, I'm not messing with them this year. No, and here's the point. Um, by the way, I do. I do want to. This isn't like new reporting to people that are listening, but Ian Rappaport has said it's official. MRI confirmed Teddy Bridgewater torn ACL entire 2016 season. Uh, gone. But the players we just talked about. Here's the big thing to know. These are not the major fantasy guys. Bruce Ellington's a big deal because he might have been your number four wide receiver or five. Maybe he even was slotted in at a flex. But guys like Ladarius Green, guys like Teddy Bridgewater, they, they just shouldn't have been the guys that, that were like the linchpin of your team. If, if you are really bent up about it and you're not a Minnesota Viking or Steelers fan, then I don't think you're, you did yourself justice in a draft if Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater is your quarterback. you know, maybe, I, I right. suppose maybe you have him as a quarterback too, but... We've gone on here and said, don't do that. If you're doing, if you're going to have to do a two quarterback league, get the high end guys. Teddy Bridgewater's on that bottom end. Maybe Dak Prescott could be a, a, an option for teams that lost out on Teddy Bridgewater. He's but, looking better and better. Yeah, he he really is, especially <laughs> with all this stuff happening. But you're going to have to monitor that. Let's talk about some more injuries here. Brandon Oliver tore his Achilles, so they'll be looking for another back. I was hoping it was going to be Kenneth Farrow, but apparently he's not on the roster anymore. He didn't get any carries in the third preseason game, and they went and signed Gus Johnson. Uh, so we'll see what they wind up doing with uh, their third Andre, pack. Maybe Andre Williams. Possibly, yeah. There's a lot of guys going to get cut. So <laughs> Possibly you. Possibly you. Uh, ben Watson tore his Achilles. Uh, so everybody was excited for him in Baltimore. Brutal. You know, 70 catches they were saying. Uh, he's a good tight end. It sucks for Baltimore. So Super it's going to be brutal. Yeah, Max Williams and Crockett uh, Gilmore. Pitta. And Crockett, and Crockett Gilmore. Gilmore. Yeah. Ugh. It's a big mix of stuff that you don't want. And then two Rams, Farrell Cooper is going to miss a couple weeks with a shoulder injury. And Jared Goff bruises tailbone against Denver. That's a tough defense to to play, even in the pre, especially the third preseason game. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I like Farrell Cooper. I like Nelson Spruce. I like a lot of those young Rams wide receivers, but it does bode even better for uh, for Tavon Austin, like even more. Yeah. And Todd Gurley, you know, just give give like fifty carries to Todd Gurley, <laughs> just fifty a game. It's fine. That's he'll no be problem. Fine. Yeah, fine. he'll totally be fine. Don't even worry <laughs> about it. All right, well, let's get into this. Good lead. That's some good stuff. Uh, but let's get into this. We've got the mailbag. We've got our overtime stat ITL thing. I don't remember what it's called now. <laughs> that we're gonna get into. <laughs> So let's do it. Give me a hell yeah. Next question. This should be open because it's civil rights. This is the 90s. All right, Bogman, we got some listener questions, but I do want to tell everybody first here, we've got some new apparel and some new swag at the ITL store. In this league.com is where you can check it out. And it's pretty badass. The first one, uh, it's kind of more centric for the army. I think it's really cool. It's the ITL we have an army shirt and we've got the logo in like army green on the back and the front it says we have an army and the guys were pretty excited about that that's a shirt and a hoodie that you can find but early consensus uh we did a you know we like to test out with some of the close itl people so if you're part of the army you get you get some of the stuff before it even comes out you get to see it i tested out this new design it is the itl football shield yeah 
and it mm. is pretty badass. Uh, we've got. I sh- love it. We got shirts. We got hoodies. We even have mugs. Yeah. Uh, that you can all find at teespring.com/stores slash ITL store, or just go to InThisLeague.com and you can click on the link and it can take you there. You can uh, support ITL, you can rock it, and I think we do a good job at putting up some pretty cool stuff, like the 99 Problems, we got the uh, the NFL ITL Shield shirt, which it really does look cool. It might be one of the cooler ones we've had, so go check it out if you want to support us. If you get it, make sure to shoot us a picture with you on it so we can... Uh, you know, we can celebrate you. We can tweet it out, and maybe if you guys have noticed, we have some new artwork up at the uh, in this league pod and pretty everywhere. And it's a big collage of uh, of ITL fans wearing swag. So maybe you can get up on that. So uh, teespring.com slash stores slash ITL store. Check it out. All right, listener questions. Let's get right into this. The first one doesn't even have a name because I'm telling you, like like. A million people had different variations <laughs> of this. So I'm really not going to even pose it because everyone had a different take. Here's what it is. What is our take on Romo? How does, how does it affect Dez? How, did it, how does it affect Ezekiel Elliott? Let's start with Romo. The main question, and we have to talk about Dax. The main first Dax. question that I got, Dax. I keep on calling him Dax. <laughs> uh, the first question I got really that had anything important to talk about with Romo was, is he worth holding on to? Like someone asked in a dynasty, in a one-year dynasty, is he is he worth a player? Is he worth picking up in a redraft? Is he worth uh, holding on to? I don't think he uh, is in any format. No. I don't see why not. Uh, I think maybe in a dynasty, if you're in a deeper league, he's worth holding on to How for deep? the playoff stretch. Fifty, sixteen man. No. Okay, no sixteen man. You know, I I think he's worth holding on to. Teams. Yeah, sixty-five teams. Yeah, three thousand teams. He's worth holding on to. No, I think in a 16-man or deeper, he's worth holding on to for the playoff run really? because backup quarterbacks, backup quarterbacks are hard to come by. I don't else. think so, man. I like they are in 16-man. Everybody no, no, has I, I two. He's 32. I understand so, that, but like, you want Romo? I don't want Romo. I'd rather have Dak. If you, I'd rather have Dak. Dak hundred times. Okay, over. but Dak is not going to start all of the games. Might, like have, as soon as hmm? he won't. As soon as Romo is good, hmm? Romo goes back in, and and that's. You know, just because Dak is looking good in the preseason, I just I don't think that this is going to be a Tyrod Taylor, you know, yeah, Ben no, Roethlisberger type you. of situation where you know I just don't think he's as good as he's played. Would so, you, okay, would you rather draft Tony Romo or Dak? I'd rather kill myself. <laughs> I, I don't want. I know because they're cowboy. Dra- but, I'd yeah. rather draft Dak, I guess, for right now because he'll play now. He's, he's, I don't, he I don't want weeks? any part of the quarterback, the the Cowboys quarterback situation. Okay, I agree with you. Don't want any part of it. Where, where are you going to have Prescott? I already have, I have him at like 20. I don't have it in front of me. You can go look on the website, inthisleague.com, for the ranks. I think I have him at like my 23rd or 24th quarterback. Going to have him like 29. Oh, really? Okay, so I mean, he, to me, he's a backup. I'm so impressed with him. In a dynasty, it's even more like you got to, you got to hold on to him, especially I mean, I like if you're, what I've seen. It's just that we haven't seen him play one full game. Against uh, you know a defense, he's not so, a twelve man option really. I mean, no. Though I would say this: if you suffered an injury, he would be a guy that I would try to be picking up immediately. Like if if I don't know, you know, I don't want to hex anybody. Good option for two quarterback leagues. You know, he's a great that, option that, for a two where, quarterback league. That's where Dak lives right now. Uh, he's not an option to be your starter in a sixteen man or anything uh, shorter than a sixteen man. Okay, so but I, we but we both solidified if we were taking. One Dallas quarterback right now, it's Prescott. 
Yeah, it's Prescott because Romo's already hurt. What do I want to? What What do I want with him? Well, if someone sees, there's 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 the Romo truthers that you know when not yes. broken when not broken of glass. Seriously, that, I would rather listen to flat earthers than Romo truthers. No he's way. done. Wait, he's done. Watch a, a Tony Romo game or sit in a room with Tila Tequila. Tila, Tila Tequila. Yeah, well, yeah. I feel like she's so dumb I could talk her into things. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> hey, do things. Stop talking. Hey, do things. Do things to me. All right. Uh, I don't know. That's one of those instances I might shy away from that. Uh, how about the effects of Dez and Ezekiel Elliott? Because I'll tell you this, that's a big one. That's the most important one to people. Don't worry about the – why were you worrying about the Cowboy quarterback situation? Uh, Dez Bryant, let's start there. I uh, did not move him, though I'm – okay. I didn't move him positionally below another person. I did move him down a tier, and I moved him – uh, in the top 200. Does that make sense? Okay, so I didn't move him below another wide receiver, but I did move him down the top 200 to be right at the back end of the first and out of a tier. So, you know, if you're hungry for a wide receiver, I'm still taking him where I was before because I don't really know if, uh, I don't know, Prescott is a big play guy. I don't know. Does he, he, I don't seem to see that he has some big repertoire with, you know, Terrence Williams or something. He's going to get the ball to Dez. Dez is going to do what he does regardless, and maybe Prescott's going to do a better job of it, but maybe be a little bit weary. If you were thinking about taking Dez, who, Jesus, he just falls in every draft that we see. It's unbelievable. But if, uh, you know, you were originally looking at Dez at nine, you know, maybe you want to look more around 12. Um, I'm, I'm going to move Dez from seven to nine. I had him above Marshall and Jordy. I'm going to move him below Marshall and Jordy. Oh, really? Yeah, that's where I'm going to have Dez because it's it's half of a season of a rookie quarterback. So, um, no, thank you. Okay, that's pretty significant. What about Ezekiel Elliott? Uh, let's let's start with you. What do you think about his prospects? Are you worried at all? Still same offensive line, but if you think they're going to be less effective in the past, that might you know that's in, internally hurt that running game. Uh, I I had him at three. Uh, I'm going to move him to four. So I'm I'm going to have uh, David Johnson now at three and Zeke at four. Oh, you should have always done that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I you know I like David Johnson, but the the Chris Johnson stuff behind him scares me a little bit. Not not enough to knock him down or anything, but uh, you know if I'm taking a running back in the first round, I want Peterson or Gurley. Okay, that's just my thing. Okay, I, I buy that. Um, you hate my full point PPR. I took David Johnson four. Partially, I don't, I don't hate I that. It's it. fine. Like I don't. I I understand liking uh, David Johnson. It's just. It's not going to be my thing. I'm just not affected. I'm not affected by Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, these are the things, like, what does it change? Okay, so I already had him as my fourth running back, so I'm already taking David Johnson ahead of him. So, okay, what am I looking at? I'm at nine, and I have to choose between Gronk or Ezekiel Elliott, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm still going to take Ezekiel Elliott. I'm still taking him over Lamar Miller. He's still my fourth running back. He's still a a first-rounder to me. I would think of it this way, like, you know, how bad were the Colts with Matt Hasselbeck instead of Andrew Luck, right? Like, Andrew Luck could be a really good quarterback. He could be just a – we're not 100% sure on that right now, but whatever. You know, Frank Gore, an experienced running back, uh, was getting 8-9 in the box, and he didn't have a very mm-hmm. good season. He played all the games because he's, he's a tough, big dummy, but um, <laughs> he – uh, like you know, he had 900 – yeah, yeah, it was like a four, and you get like five points for your name. 
967 yards and six touchdowns. Like, if Dak is horrible Matt and they find it. out Tony Romo's going to miss the whole year for some reason, uh, which I don't think will happen. I think as, as soon as week eight, between week eight and week 10, Tony Romo's coming back. But that's a lot of weeks. That's a lot of weeks he's going to miss. And it's a back injury. And they're tough to come back from, especially at Romo's age. He's already coming back from all these injuries. Back. But, yeah, back. Uh, but uh, Frank, like I imagine him like Frank Gore at the worst. So I think <laughs> so with, with that, bad. with that bottom out no type way. of stuff, well, he's got fresh legs, <laughs> you know, uh, with that type of bottom out, like 950 yards and six touchdowns. I think that I'll take the risk of David Johnson over the risk of Ezekiel. Elliott. I already 100 so. percent agree with that. I guess um, it, it starts to become about the preference of the team that you're trying to put together. I got no problem taking him at eight. If you wanted the top four, um, say you wanted the top four receivers and then you wanted one of the top three running backs and they all went and you're at eight and you're choosing between Allen Robinson, Ezekiel Elliott, Gronk, A.J. Green, and you want to take Ezekiel Elliott, I got no problem with that. I think he's still going to thrive. Alfred Morris worries me more than Prescott being the quarterback worries me. So if you, st- I, I wouldn't make that be the decision. Prescott may be a big, you know, he may be the playmaker that the Cowboys have been missing. You know, Tony Tony Romo sometimes just sputters the offense. So um, I, I don't be too affected by top these. end for for Zeke. If Tony Romo was to miss the entire year, would be like what Todd Gurley did last year. It, even and Todd Gurley missed games, but I, I think that uh, great season, you know. Uh, yeah, I think uh, like 1,100 yards, 1,200 yards, and 10 touchdowns would be a nice line for Zeke if Romo was to miss the whole season. Okay. But I don't think he's going to. So I think I'm still taking Zeke. I'm still taking him high, but I did move him down just a little bit because of this. Yeah, right, now we're about a little bit more even, so people can go look at the ranks. Joel Sturgis had a great question here, uh, number two here. Next big industry trend. He says, for example... Uh, the tight end premium, where leagues are scoring 1.5 PPR. I guess we wouldn't really call it that, but 1.5 per reception for tight ends, where everybody else gets a one or two quarterback. I'm not. Well, I mean that might be an easy one. Super flex. What he's asking? What do we think the next major trend is going to be? I kind of think two quarterback is already there. One so, running back and a flex. And a full. And how about in a fullback? <laughs> <laughs> a fullback. No, no, no. One running back and a flex instead because running back is getting so bad and the league is going so much more to passing. You know what so, I think would be really interesting? An all super flex league. How about an all tight end league? That sounds awful. I'm talking eight <laughs> positions. They're all super flex. So you if someone just take wants all to... quarterbacks. Like first eight rounds are quarterbacks. No, but then you do. It's like PPR, and you do four point for the passing. You do, you know, I don't know, one point five for tight end. Do one for all the other stuff. Maybe you do some bonuses for uh, wide receiver catches, and you even it out, and you do a super flex all league. Uh, well, it's all it super up. flex. Set, set it up. I love things that are way too complicated. So you set it up, and I'll play in it. Uh, whatever is more complicated is what I love, except for like you know on as long as it can still be done on Yahoo or at the very yeah. least fan tracks, which I'm not a big fan of today. But uh, <laughs> if uh, you know, as long as it can be done on a major site, yeah, I'm all there, about complications. I'm, I'm not going to go to a forum to do a no, league. There's a, there's one platform that we are well aware of that cannot work as a funky website. We have tried. Um, yeah. But okay, so so pick one. What do you what do you think is the next big thing? I don't want to put two quarterback in because I'm not I think kidding. That's becoming... I, I think taking the second running back away is going to be the thing. It's going to turn into like a tight end. 
because they're going to start getting bad. Well, then it's how, not something but, that I want to do. Why but, would, I think, but why would you do that then? Because the league is going to go all to passing. It's going to go all mm. to passing. I don't know. I think you know what to me. Then you know what I want to do. I want to do a league of four running backs and two wide receivers. <laughs> I think that would be better. More that's what we need to do. That's the trend. I just discovered it. More running backs and wide receivers because more typically cowbell. it's more cowbell. It's always the opposite. It's like, hey, three wide receivers, a running back, and a flex. How about four running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, and a cornerback? And a partridge in a pear tree. Okay, so yours is taking away. I say because I think like two quarterbacks away the running back. You can still have two running backs. But it's a flex instead of the second running back, so you don't have to have two running backs because they're getting bad. I think two quarterback all the time. I, I think two quarterback is already here. I think that's the thing that people want to do. If you want to call that the next trend, I think more and more leagues are going two quarterback. So I would start there. Fun wise, I'm 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 game for the one point five PPR. I I don't mind trying to uh, up the value of tight ends, but I think it's super flex. I think super flex. Okay. I could see leagues of like quarterback, two running back, three wide receiver, two super flex, and a tight end, and then super pe- flex Jimmy Snuka. Jimmy, this that would be the league. Oh, how what a great neat league name! Super flex, <laughs> super Jimmy, flex Snuka. Jimmy Snuka. League. I don't think he was a great it. person though. By the way, I think he did. Yeah, yeah, wasn't he rapey? I don't know. I think he was rapey. Yeah, he was a little Snuka e, and uh, he needed to <laughs> keep it in his uh, fly. So um, right, yeah. I'm going to say super flex after two quarterback league. But I um, maybe we should set this up right now. Let's do an all super flex league. <laughs> all right, set we got we got to play around with the scoring. All right, number three here. Uh, I don't know who asked this, but they say this might be a stupid question. It's probably not. There but I think no, there are no stupid questions. There are only stupid people who ask questions. <laughs> There's a lot of stupid people. Uh, but I think people <laughs> are always getting this wrong. He says, "How far do you take auction value into season?" After the draft. So what he's pretty much saying is like, well, I paid $40 for this guy. So he's this. It's kind <laughs> of the same. <laughs> Do you like the voice? It's the same idea of like being in season and being focused on the round that you drafted a player. Well, I drafted this guy in the first round, so I can't take that third round player. It's the same concept. Right. So what do you think? Uh, I don't care. Right, right after right after the draft. Well, how far do you think? How, how far do you take it in? The minute the draft is done, the prices don't matter anymore. Yeah, pretty much. Unless it's I just keeper. Want, I just want the best team. Yeah, if it's keeper, obviously, then prices are basically the only thing that matters. But uh, I mean, obviously, performance matters. But I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if you get a really Size good player, matters, one dollar. Yeah, yeah. I, not to me. Uh, I have a ten-inch personality. But anyway, um, I, I think right after the draft, like if if you paid sixty-five dollars for Adrian Peterson, right, and somebody has Todd Gurley for. Uh, 60 and Dante Moncrief for $2 or something stupid, you know, it, that makes your team better. If they're like, I'll give you Moncrief and uh, Todd Gurley for Adrian Peterson, that makes your team better. Do that trade. Well, yeah. I don't care if the va- values don't add up. You know what I mean? It just it doesn't make any sense. Redraft it, it, zeros, it, it matters zero. Now, I won't let the, the other person know that. I'll use that to my advantage. I'll be like, hey, guy, uh, look at the prices. Hey, yo, uh, you I paid $60, blah, 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 blah. In a redraft, I might use that to my advantage, but it doesn't matter to me. It is all about performance. It's all about the team that you have and whatever needs you're trying to work with the trade. Keeper Dynasty is a whole nother ball game. You should take yeah. it a thousand times, a hundred percent. You should take into consideration the auction value prices because that's what makes auctions fun 
is it changes the values of player. If you to your thing, you have Dante Moncrief at two dollars and you have Adrian Peterson at sixty dollars, you might not be able to get the two dollar Dante Moncrief for sixty dollar Adrian Peterson for people because that price is so exorbitant. Uh depending on, you know, how the league works with auction prices and how the other teams value them. It 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 alone changes the value. Redraft it does not. So uh, hopefully that answers that question. We have one other one, uh, at least auction wise. Uh, question is: Are there certain positional percentages that you aim for in an auction PPR? So he's pretty much saying like, do you budget fifty percent for wide receiver or you know whatever like that? I don't think you do that, do you? No, no. That's like uh, that's more of a baseball thing to do, like a pitching and hitting thing. To me, uh, I don't. Because, you know, you mentioned how the draft is a dance. I think even more than that, the auction is. So when you go to an auction, you just don't know what's going to happen. There's no, like, this will be paid for Antonio Brown. This will be paid for Adrian Peterson. Because there's always a crazy one. You know, there, there's sure. always some weird one. Somebody will pay too much for something. Or, you know, you could do all these practices and some dummy comes in and pays way over market for a guy that you already got, like Odell Beckham Jr. or Julio Jones, like a guy that you've been getting in all your mocks and, you know, kind of blows your strategy out of the water. So I don't really like to go into auctions with a certain percentage or anything. I will tell you that if I'm in an auction, I will try to buy two backs because I think it's easier to do like two good backs because it's easier to do an auction than it is in the draft. Like so many things have to fall your way in a draft for you to get two good backs. It's easier to do it in an auction so i would rather do it there so uh, that's my only like strategy tip as far as um percentages goes i'll spend a big chunk of my salary on backs i'm different um i kind of do that but i don't do it the way you're thinking so I, i'm, I'm I, I feel like the question is posed i feel like he's asking you know 60 to wide receiver blah, blah 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 i don't do it like that what i do i get really granular with it I write down the roster positions and I start focusing in on the players that I, I want. And I, I get really player-focused in an auction. And then whatever side I'm using, I'm going to take a look at what their pre-values are. I'm going to put them to all the players. And then I'm going to see where I'm calculated at just without any numbers. Then I'll make the adjustments. So what I end up doing, the long story of it, is I will focus in. And this is where like the tiers are really important to players. I will focus in and I will find... Let's say it's Julio Jones, Odell Beckham Jr., Antonio Brown, and I have to have one of those, and I put 50 bucks. I'm going to put 50 bucks to one of those players. It doesn't matter. I'm going to get one of those guys. And then maybe my next one, or to your point, the two running backs, I'll figure, you know, well, I want this tier of guy, and that equates to 45, and this guy equates to 25, and then I do the math as I go. If I get a discount on one of the running backs, then I will look and I'll apply the money somewhere else, and I'll write it down. If I pay more or I'm ready to pay more, I'm going to look and say, where can I take this out of? And I adjust on the fly. So I do kind of put percentage, percentages to it, but it's all about the player. And I've, pre I've preset the value to each of my positions based on the player that I'm going to get, and I adjust on the fly. Sounds a little complicated. It's really not if you just spend like an hour beforehand. Then when you get in the draft, you can just, you know, you can go and you can adjust on the fly. You, you, you want to make sure that player value that you put to each one you've got like four or five guys that you would spend that amount on. That's how I like to, to treat auctions. And I agree with you. I like the running back idea um, of getting two high-end ones. Right? Uh, the next, yeah, yeah. I, that, that's that's my, my big 
my big deal for auction is just try to get backs because it's easier to do an auction than it is in a draft. And, you know, it, it goes to show you that I don't hate running backs. I just hate where yeah. I have to draft running backs. And you have the so, control in an auction, which is nice Yeah, you have it. much more control. I, I like How that How about this, Bogman? Famous Jones, who you can find, uh, he's on our Facebook group, says, and he's part of the ITL uh, army, as a matter of fact, he says, is the no running back strategy overrated? Well, we have definitely covered 100%. this. It's a thousand percent overrated. Yeah, it's overrated. I what this is what I like. I like the get the best player from my team strategy. Uh, it doesn't really matter what round they're in. Um, if this is the best player left on the board, I'm probably going to take him. Now, sometimes I know that I can wait on a guy, and if I know for a hundred percent fact that I can wait on a guy. I will wait on him. And that's for your but, research. That's your mocks and right. research. You know exactly. where these guys are going around, and you know how to build and manage a draft. And that's why the no running back strategy is overrated, because you can control the draft with all the pre-knowledge that you've set up. Right, exactly. And, um, you know, I'm just not going to take four or five wide receivers straight in a row. That's dumb. It's now, stupid. if I go wide receiver, wide receiver, quarterback, it's because I think those are the three best players on my board. Yeah. Top, hashtag top tier players. I'm all top about. Top tier players, the Welsh. Best players available. I, That's what I want. And after like the first four rounds, I like to fill out what's best for my team. At that point, I really don't care about trap values. You and I, so. we, I will never draft players thinking about trading them i think i just i don't care what people do and you know honestly something that irks me and i don't buy is anybody that comes on and tells you well this is how it's done you do things like this that's bullshit (laughs) nobody knows i don't care if it's us if it's espn cbs guy down the street no anybody that tells you this is how it goes guys this is how you win no it's not shut the up there are a thousand different ways to do this, and you there's so many things you don't control. So if, right. if somebody tells you you have to take three straight running backs, you got to take five straight wide receivers, you have to not take a quarterback early, and that's how you do it, they're full of crap. This player right. is top five in this format no matter what you say, and that player over there that you take, it's garbage and you're wrong, and then that player goes and gets hurt. Listen, you want to have the tools. You want to have the strategies behind you, whether it's no running back, whether it's wide receivers, if it's PPR, if it's half point. Just you, you want to know the values of the players. You want to know how to control the draft. That's the most important thing. You going and taking five straight wide receivers or you going and taking three straight running backs, it can work and it cannot work based on the people you're drafting with and the preparation you have later. There is no one way to win a championship because it's different for everybody. So plenty of formats, the no running back strategy, it's not going to work. There are plenty of formats that it will work. Obviously, in a full point PPR, a full PPR, it makes sense. But you don't have to not take a no running back strategy. Uh, there will be a high percentage of people, and sorry, Bogman, I'm just going off here, there's a lot of people that You're are going to win. Upset about this. Well, there's just there's a lot of people that will win a full PPR league with Todd Gurley on their team. Right. It is possible. Doug Martin will be on teams that win championships. How good of a drafter are you? What things yeah. fall your way? Because there's lots of things for all the people that think they know everything about what they're Jesus, doing. You remember Odell Beckham Jr. was an, a waiver wire ad two Hell, years ago. Yeah. So 
that you know there's all kinds of weird luck that falls to you just take the best player on the board for your team that's really the go thing. in prepared if you want to go and prepared and, and flexible dude. like that that's the thing prepared and flexible so be ready to adjust to the draft but also know what is most likely going to happen yeah it, it's it, flexibility is the most important thing you could do pseudo versions of a no running back strategy by going three straight wide receivers i've done that multiple times and guess what i kind of like my team i kind of like right. my team when i do that but it's not a no running back strategy because that one tells you to not probably take a running back till the fifth or sixth or seventh round. And I don't do that because I'm not going to go take, I don't know, Devontae Parker over CJ Anderson. That's a, that's a crude right. example. But, you know, conceptually, nah. that's like what we're talking about here. Right. I'm not going to do that in these leagues. And, you know, I don't know. We're talking redraft. We're talking, you know, uh, Keeper Dynasty. It's a whole other ball game. But, yes, uh, Jones, you, um, I, I think you're onto something. If you feel that it's overrated, sure, because it's being shoved down everybody's throat. Uh, not here, though. Phrasing. Uh, a couple more here. If you get a st- – oh, it's a running back question, of course. <laughs> if you get a stud running back early – do you like to wait longer and then grab a Geo or Duke? This sounds like a question directed at me, by the way. As your number right. two, AK, when do you start targeting that second running back? Okay, so we come off the no running back strategy. Well, I think it's just like we said, though. It's It really depends on who is around. Because I'll take Adrian Peterson in the first round. I've done it a bunch of times, right? Sure. So that's a stud running back. And in the second round, I said I like to get Jamal Charles. So if I could get Peterson and then Charles in the second round, I absolutely do that. If Charles goes and I don't like the guy sitting around there and it's not in, you know, Mach 9.0 and I don't panic, uh, then I'll take, uh, you know, uh, I'll, I'll take a wideout. So I, and, and then I'll have to wait for a running back, obviously, or I can take one in round four. I like taking DeMarco Murray in round four. So it just really depends on – your value of running back and who's around. If I think that, you know, I take a stud running back and I go wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, then yeah, I'm looking at Duke and Geo. But it's not necessarily a strategy. It just depends on where the player lands. Yeah, and it's also like format is really important here. So of let's course. say I go take Todd Gurley in a st- and let's talk. We're we're going standard here. I would probably I'm like you. If I get Jamal Charles or Doug Martin or something like that in the second round, sure. Usually those guys have probably gone where I've taken Todd Gurley, so I'm faced with more of, uh, you know, Brandon Cooks or Brandon Marshall or something like that and take them. And then I come to the third round, maybe there's still a good wide receiver option that I want. Maybe Amari Cooper's there. Well, come the fourth round in a standard, I like Jeremy Hill. I like Melvin Gordon. I might target those guys, and that might make me wait a little bit longer. Or if there's some value, if there's a value-based guy that drops, a C.J. Anderson drops to late third or something like that, or you know, guys that I might not be crazy high about, I'll go. Because here's the thing: we have done enough prep work. I know what's happening in the first eight rounds. Like I know the players that I'm facing with, and I can kind of imagine the team. So I'm really comfortable taking a running back at any point. I'll take a running back in the second round, the third, the fourth, the fifth. If it's PPR, yeah, you totally nailed my PPR running back options. If I go take David Johnson like I did, I absolutely would be targeting Duke or Geo in the fourth or fifth round or something like that. And hopefully I've already taken two or three wide receivers to go with David Johnson. Or maybe I had to get a Jordan Reed or something like that. So... I don't think there's a definitive answer to say when do you target it. Like we say, it, it, it's all about the best player. And, you know, hey, if you don't get Dante Moncrief because D- Devontae Freeman was still there, maybe yeah, that's probably another crude one. Carlos Hyde. Let's say Carlos Hyde is there and you take him over D- Dante Moncrief and you're like, oh, crap. 
well, you can probably get another good wide receiver. You can go if you like Michael Floyd, or you can get John Brown or Kevin White, who I really like. You you can manage it. Just have the tools set. Don't worry about when you have to take the second running back. Just worry about the good players that you can uh, put with them. The only running back strategy I have is to draft a lot. Draft yeah. a lot of them because they get hurt a lot, and uh, have opportunities. Like yeah, opportunities open a lot, and uh, wide receivers are. Most of the time, more healthy. It doesn't work out all the time. Like last year, I had Dez and Jamal Charles. My team just sucked. It just happens. So, um, but for the most part, I want um, I want a lot of running backs. That's my only running back strategy. It doesn't really matter where they go. I would be like ecstatic if I if I had one of those wheel picks and I could get like Elliot and Lamar Miller. I, I'd be great. Because uh, I, I know where I'm going with those back picks in the third and fourth round. I'm taking wide receivers. Maybe they're not going to be amazing, but maybe I get Eric Decker and Randall Cobb. Okay, then I'm, maybe I'll take a couple more wide receivers after that. Maybe I can go get Tyler Lockett and Kevin White, and then I'm just shoring up a bunch of mid-wide receivers with a ridiculously killer core at running back. Uh, it's all about knowing your league settings and knowing the draft that you're in. Uh, here we go. Here's one. I know this hit you. You and I were talking about this a little bit. What mm-hmm. about trade strategy? A lot of people have drafted, so trades are starting right now. Do you trade for the best piece available when making a trade, or are you looking at kind of like you know filling out the position? That's like the age-old question where uh, I've seen a couple of these right now. I can trade Odell, or I can get Odell Beckham Jr. and player, and I got to give you know, Brandon Marshall and then like, you know, another good player, like Carlos Hyde and Brandon Marshall, but I can get Odell Beckham Jr. And maybe, you know, Melvin Gordon or something like that. I shouldn't say he's a player. That might be one. So what they're saying is, do you hone in on the best player possible? or Are you just willing to kind of start trading for the depth on your team? Uh, You know, I think I used to do that, but now with a lot of – I don't know if it's more injuries. It seems like more injuries. Maybe it's just being a, a more cautious league. You know, Guys used to go back in right after they had a concussion. That doesn't happen anymore. Guys uh, are held out. Like guys with uh, you know, some type of knee injury. Well, let's go get him x-rayed. You know, let's give him a couple weeks off so he's back for the playoffs or he's back for a big game or a big push, that kind of thing. I think guys are questionable longer. Uh, now and out for more games than they were in the past. So I think now it's really all about making my overall roster filled with more points. If I think that my roster is better with, you know, Brandon Marshall and my good player than it is with Odell Beckham and Melvin Gordon, then that's the side that I want. Whatever builds my team towards more points overall. I think is what I want. I think instead of thinking of it as a uh, you know week to week basis because my starting lineup is really good, th- these these days the Welsh you really have to start focusing focusing in on your depth more than you have ever before in the past. So I'm not saying to only trade for depth, but I am saying that it comes into f- to factor way more than it used to. Does that make sense? It does. I'm a little bit on the opposite end, though, that 9 out of 10 times I'm going to side with the best player in the trade because the goal, this should be the goal of everybody, obviously, is that you've set yourself up with a team where if somebody goes down, you have a, a quality starter to be behind them. So if me getting, let's say I could get David Johnson and the person wants 
uh, let's say I drafted Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson and then, you know, whatever, another running back. Let's say it's Melvin Gordon. Let's use him again. Melvin Gordon and Allen Robinson gets me David Johnson. And I'm like, well, you know, trading Allen Robinson, the top of my receivers. But then let's say how I drafted, I took... I got Randall Cobb, Eric Decker, but then I've also got, you know, Kevin White, Philip Dorsett, Corey Coleman. That's that's my bench that I had with Allen Robinson. That's a that's a great bench of wide receivers. And my running backs were questionable at that point. I, I think that's a move. Obviously there's a thousand circumstances in this. Yeah. That like the depth that I've put together can fill the hole of one area where I'm really strong, where I'm now getting the elite player at another position. And maybe, you know, maybe I had um, Jamal Charles. And now I have Jamal yeah, Charles and I'll, David Johnson. Get, Does that, you know, where I'm going with that? I, I, I always I, want I the best player. I understand what you're saying, but, but yeah, of course you do. Like, you, you want the best player. But I think but in a trade, you can't get wrapped up in just the best player or being obsessed with one player. I think that's more of a baseball thing, it's more of a basketball thing. Because you can find guys to immediately replace these other guys. There are good guys on the wire in football because there are so many injuries and guys get hurt all the time. But which one would I'm you not do? Would you go do, trade? Would you do Marshall and Hyde? Which one do you want? Marshall and Hyde or ODB and Melvin Gordon? Um, I want I want Marshall and Hyde because I really don't like Melvin. I Gordon. will trade you my Marshall and Hyde, and I will take your ODB and Melvin Gordon. That's, that's how I feel about that. I like that trade. I don't think Melvin Gordon's drop-off is Odell that big. Beckham, I just don't think Odell Beckham is that much better than Brandon Marshall. <laughs> see, and I don't uh, think the back better. end either. That's, see, that's funny. See, see, and that's where you and I differ a little bit on that. Like, you can't do some lopsided trade. And, you know, on another end, how about this? Nick brought up this one trade to me. He drafted tons of depth at wide receiver. He's stacked, but he's not great at, at running back. And he was like, should I trade Kelvin Benjamin for Latavius Murray? Yeah. Uh, you think that. And I was like... I'd try to get more. I would try to go get, get a better back. I think you could get a better back for Kelvin Benjamin, especially if someone's hungry. I don't think you can because of all the bad reports on Kelvin Benjamin. Now, if you want to wait a week, uh, a week into the season, and see Kelvin Benjamin if he scores, you know, two touchdowns or something week one, then go deal him at his height. I don't blame you for that. I'm all about but trade I, optimization. I don't think that before the before the season, you're not going to get better than than. Uh, Latavius Murray for Calvin Benjamin. Not. We're also breaking down. We're getting heavy into like philosophically how you and I deal with right. stuff, though. Like you're very, you are. Um, I don't. I'm not saying black and white because it's not true. Black. You you work through lots of angles and stuff, but like you know what it is. It's like yep or nope. I'm yeah. very granular with things where it's like, okay, how does this fit? I think I can manage this here. Maybe I do this. You know, I'm I'm very analytical at every portion of it. You've already you've already done that. You're already at the place by the time someone talks to you. So you don't do a whole lot of percent of the time. Ninety percent of the time somebody asks me a trade, like, should I do this trade? I say no. Or I say yes. And I'll try to throw in an explanation, but most of the time it's you know, whatever your gut is, is usually going to point you in the right direction. It doesn't always work out that way, but I mean, that's, that's fantasy football. All right. So, um, it, it's just, it's just the way of the world, the Welsh. The I, way of the I, world. I, I kind of have it figured out immediately in my head, whether I want to do a trade or not. Oh, so you got the whole world figured out. Yeah, pretty much. That's why I live in a one bedroom. You got the whole the world in your little hands. The uh-huh. whole world in your little hands. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. I wish I had music behind it. All right, some uh, extra points here. Quick hitters. Some quick quick hitters. Uh, I have three quarterbacks, Rodgers, Winston, and Carr. I need wide receivers. Should I trade one of them for a running back? Because that's the deal on the page. And then try to 
flip that running back for a wide receiver, or should I just stick with what I have? Uh, well, that sounds too complicated. I don't, I don't like, <laughs> I don't like multi-layer trades. I don't want to like trade a guy to get another guy that that guy can then get a different guy. Get someone else involved. Say, hey, uh, if I can get this wide receiver, would you give me this running back or this running back or this wide receiver? Get another person involved so it can get here's, done. Here's I better, wouldn't take on something else not knowing that I had another spot to move it to. Yes, That's here, what I and think. here's a better way to answer the question from a different level. Yes, I would trade Aaron Rodgers if I had Winston and Carr for a, a, a major positional upgrade at another spot because you have great backup quarterbacks that can put up plenty of points if you're suffering in another area. So there's that. How about this one? Donnie. 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 Standard league. This is straight up. Dez, Mike Evans, Brandon Marshall. This is like literally three running I backs I have. Uh, wide receivers they are. Um, I would go with Marshall. I will go Evans. Because that's my okay. ranks. And neither one of us take Ev- uh, Dez there. Look oh, at that. Boy. I, uh, <laughs> I have Dez even ahead, too. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. My gut moving, told me Evans. I didn't even look at my ranks. Moving Dez, you're moving Dez down below mm. Evans, so go ahead and do it. Mm. That's rough. I, I didn't look at anything. I gave you my gut reaction, but then I realized <laughs> I have Dez ahead. Mm. That's a tough one. It. It, it, I, I'm leaning Evans. All right, uh, last one. Thoughts on Alshon, Langford, Kevin White. Pretty much, I think this is Chad. He wants to know what kind of situation. What do you think about the Bears? You really like Langford. I really like Kevin White. Neither one of us talk a whole bunch about Alshon Jeffrey. And uh, Jay Cutler is leading all of that cast of crew. So what do you think? He's worried because they've looked bad in the preseason so far. But I will point out that they played Denver, New England, and Kansas City so far. That's three. Badass defenses so far, even with the backups, because, you know, if you're really good in the starters, the backups are going to be better than most teams. So I would say I'm not that worried uh, about the overall offense. You know, if it gets into two weeks in the season and they, you know, they're throwing for 150 yards, they're rushing for 60, you know, they're only getting 210 yards of total offense. Then we've got major problems. I'm not but worried about the wide receivers. Fired and something will change. I'm not you know worried I mean? about the wide receivers, but Langford has more concern to people because of the the cast of characters that are behind him. Even though he was he's been a three down back, he looks good. I think they're committed to him. It's just they got Rodgers, they got Howard, they got Kadeem Carey. These I think Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, these these Jackie's Rodgers. I'm Jay Jack Gruden. Keys I'm John Rogers. Gruden's brother here talking about <laughs> Jackie's Rodgers. This guy, he's incredible, John. I, I understand. I understand. Yeah, you're the supposed concern. to do John. You're supposed to do John. Yeah. I just threw it to you. I understand the concern for Jeremy Langford with all these backs behind him, but no one is going to match what Jeremy Langford can do. Kadeem Carey can't do it. Jordan Howard hasn't learned anything quite yet. He's the biggest push. Maybe in the back end of the season, he'll get something. And Jaquez Rogers is pass downs only. So you're so right, John. My me. brother. I'm Jay Gruden. You're so right there, John. It's a worse <laughs> All right, let's ever. go to. Some- Damn, All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's ridiculous. A horrible impression by me. You, you're John Gruden turned into uh, Bogman though. At the end, you really floated into yeah, yourself. Right. I, I was tired of talking about the Bears. They're going to be fine. Okay. All right. Uh, last up here, we got <laughs> ITL's overtime draft day stats. Let's go. You like that? You like that? Chip, I'm gonna come at you like a spider monkey. Wrong. Chip, I'm on Jack. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, crazy, inflatable, wavy hand guy, whatever that is. That always <laughs> makes me laugh. Uh, so here's what we got. We've got 
two breakdowns splits. here. Yeah, we got splits, and we're going to talk about 100-yard rushing and passing games. And, you know, what does it all mean? It's going to kind of be for your eyes to... Uh, it's a double rainbow. What does it mean? <laughs> it's double get, stats time. What does it mean, the Welsh? You're going to get to uncover some of this stuff yourself, but the, the, the 100 yards at both positionally is very interesting to me just because of the class of players that aren't there. There's a whole lot of players that don't seem to be there, but... The big heavy lifting. Let's do this first. Bogman put together some major splits, and I think it's very interesting because these are a lot of divisive players who had bad seasons, people are looking up for, people aren't buying the season that they had last year, even right. myself. So uh, we got some splits breakdown. Let's get into this, Bogman. First one, Russell Wilson on the splits. What did we uncover? All right, so you talk about this one a lot, so that's why I picked Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin just with him sure. uh, because they're connected. So. Russell Wilson um, with the Jimmy Graham injury. Here's what he did. He had 29 and a half pass attempts for 237 yards and 1.3 touchdowns. This is pre. This is pre-injury. This is with Jimmy Graham. Okay. Um, I did count the Pittsburgh game in with the post-Jimmy Graham because Graham got hurt in the Pittsburgh game. Uh, I mean, you can say it's a crutch. You can say it's, you know, looking at the numbers your own way. Whatever. Um in that, he averaged 274 passing yards, three and a half touchdowns uh, per game. So much, much better without Jimmy Graham. That's why I'm not that big on Jimmy Graham. He's going to have to how find something to do. All right, so how many games is it? This is important, especially with Russell Wilson here looking at this. What was the, the, what was the crappy Russell Wilson with Graham? How many games was that to how many uh, the amazing stats brought forward? Ten games uh, with jimmy graham and then week 11 to 16 was no jimmy graham dude uh, honestly the russell wilson the 10 games leading up those are teddy bridgewater stuff teddy bridgewater barely over 200 <laughs> yes. yards I, i'm serious i was telling You're you right he was so bad that he was cut in leagues that we do we russell wilson was cut that's how bad he was but that second half not even half by the way six six games he put up Three and a half touchdowns per game, which essentially lifted the entire season, threw for about 50 more yards per game over those six weeks. And let's talk about Doug Baldwin real quick because let's Doug add Baldwin him into this. Is, Doug Baldwin, surprisingly, is even better jump than Russell Wilson was. Like Russell Wilson, you go from, uh, you know, two extra touchdowns a game. That's amazing. But this is what Doug Baldwin did before uh, – Jimmy Graham goes down 4.3 receptions, 53 yards in three of his 14 touchdowns in those 10 weeks. Uh, he had after Graham 5.6 receptions. So he's only adding like a reception and a half, but 98 yards per game and 11 of his 14 touchdowns were without Jimmy Graham. The offense just runs better with it. He essentially put up about 600 yards and 11 touchdowns in six games to end the season with that's probably know, 35 receptions or something like that. So you're looking at two players that hand, and I know this isn't like knowledge, but we, but you know, not a lot of people are actually talking about these splits and seeing what they are. You have two players that became elite in the final six games of the season before that. Not really usable. I mean, Russell Wilson was not a top 12 starting quarterback. Doug Baldwin, I don't think, I mean, four receptions, 53 yards. Maybe he's a wide receiver three if you're desperate. And then Jimmy Graham goes down, which is the weird oddity. That's the split that we're using. And these guys turn it on, which some would even argue, because part of my argument here is, listen, man, 
is 10 games. That's four. I mean, four more than when he was good. He went 10 games of being completely mediocre with how high he was taken. Doug Baldwin's a different story. He, you know, might have even been drafted, so it's not big of a problem. But right. 10 games of mediocrity just because Jimmy Graham was in the offense and then he goes and then what? They let loose. You can also see he was running more when Jimmy Graham was there. So, I mean, you know, is that how sputtered the offense was? Seven, about seven and a half rush attempts. Then he went down to five when he was elite because he was becoming a passer. So we look at this, which is more believable? The second half, which, like I said, you know, Jesus, he did it for the playoffs. That's what counts. That's what people love Russell Wilson right now for what he did. He was running a little bit less. He was passing more. He was more efficient with his touchdowns because he had a guy who Doug Baldwin had an insane run. So the question is, is this repeatable? Are you looking at a player that... Is is the six games you know post on the end of the season worthwhile? The ten garbage on the front ha- half, or is this going to even out? What does this tell you when you look at this? Because to me, this solidifies more of how I feel about Russell Wilson. Nah, see, to me, it's the other way because I feel like they learned what he can do without not only Jimmy Graham but Marshawn Lynch also went down in Game Six, and he's gone, so, and Jimmy Graham is is back. Right, he's ju- he's gone, and Jimmy Graham is back. But I think that this Jimmy Graham experience, because they, they haven't gotten him in preseason yet, like if he doesn't pan out in the first two weeks, they know they can run it without Jimmy Graham. So they'll either bench him or trade him. I think that's why I've shied off of Jimmy Graham. And, you know, this is why you've shied off of Russell Wilson. You think that the, the Russell Wilson stuff, but I think they got to learn how to do something without Lynch there. And they're going to have to lean on Russell Wilson a little more. It, so it, that's why I find this more believable. It's positive if you want to take if you want to take the "what have you done for me lately" approach. Right. It, it is well, very it's, very it's positive. positive. It just depends on how you want to look at it. If the you know, offense we're, is we're going to get one of these Russell Wilsons. Yeah, you're right. Which you Russell know? Wilson is going to come up? Right. And I think it's going to be good Russell Wilson with good Doug Baldwin because I I feel like they've learned that that's what works. So that's what we're going to stick with. You know, NFL, not for long. If it ain't working, we're going to change it. And this change worked for them, so I think they're going to try and stick with I'm it. I'm just a little worried if the offensive line has got worse. The running game is not what it was before. They put more guys in coverage. You can see when Russell Wilson's running more, he's not quite the quarterback. He's not that elite quarterback that he was before. Maybe he puts up some more rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. But if he's running more, I don't think he is the same elite player, and that's what I'm worried about is going to happen this season. But hey, you know how I can't make my argument fully because he's amazing. He, him, and Doug Baldwin, <laughs> amazing in the second half. I definitely would probably split these numbers. Uh, what do I think Doug Baldwin is? I think he's a, I think he's like a five catch, sixty yard wide receiver, and I would. I would put money down that he's not a double-digit touchdown guy this year. I think that's well, a, that's the you're, you're thinking of first half, and I just don't buy that at all. But the next one we have, the Welsh, is interesting because Joe Pizapia kind of offhandedly made this remark in our uh, draft soup episode that AJ Green had a lot of big games, and that's where a lot of his production came from. And I said, you know what, I'm going to look at that for this one. So I went and looked at AJ Green. He had four games of 100-plus receiving yards. In those games, he averaged 151 yards, and he had five touchdowns in four games. The 12 other games he played were 57 yards per game and five touchdowns. Now, I will point out that two of the four big games were against Pittsburgh, whose secondary was absolutely 
horrendous last year. And a lot of people will point out that his last three games were with A.J. McCarron. So you kind of have to take those out. But if you took his three bad games with Dalton because his other games, his other bad games were with McCarron, he had 63 yards and three of those touchdowns. So obviously much worse with McCarron. Well, not much worse as far as yards per game, but he did average, what is that? That's only six more yards with uh, age, uh, with Andy Dalton in those uh, bad games. Yeah, so this so. is almost like the Ben Roethlisberger argument that um, that I would have last, uh, that I had last year. Remember where it was like you're looking at a player that the majority of the stuff seemed to be done in a, uh, in a in a few games. Now it was a little bit different, obviously, but I mean, 600 yards and half the touchdowns were done in four games. He's a big play guy. I don't think this is much of a surprise, but. What it leads to is it leads to frustration. People get right. frustrated with A.J. Green because he can He's not show up. He's a high-end Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, and you know what? To an argument, um, I'm going to talk about Michael Floyd when we talk into the 100-yard games. My, I, What I don't like about Michael Floyd where he disappears, Michael Floyd's like a super poor man's A.J. Green where he can have some big games. But uh, take away Marvin Jones. I mean, they're going to establish more of a power running game. I don't know. Is there Does that create a worry for you that – I mean, imagine it doesn't worry me too much just because the offense is going to kind of go through him. I think this year uh, they're going to lean way more on A.J. Green because Sanu is gone. You know, the Brandon LaFell is the number two right now and they have a rookie. So he's going to get all the targets he can handle. So I think he he will be better, but he could be frustrating. Just uh, just a comparison. If he if he's 12 game A.J. Green and you span that over 16 games, he's like 950 yards and six touchdowns. And that's not an elite (laughs) wide receiver option that you're taking five or six overall. So maybe, you know, we had the debate a long time ago where you were probably right. Allen Robinson, A.J. Green. I don't know. You know, does that sway you at all? You know, how you talk about how everyone feels so comfortable about the wide receiver position. Let me just put out a couple things here. Uh, Julio Jones, one of the best receivers in the game, has Matt Ryan throwing to him. Des Bryant has Prescott throwing to him. A.J. Green is boomer bust. There are some questions there. I don't think it changes my mind necessarily outside of maybe I'm going Allen Robinson. I was already going Allen Robinson over A.J. Green. But if you had the choice between Ezekiel Elliott and A.J. Green, what would you do? Um, Man, that's tough. I think I, I, I'm not going to say this stat is negligible, but I do think that it is more of a 2015 number just because I think that A.J. Green is going to have such a big influx in targets. So I would probably – I'd probably go with Elliott, but I could flip-flop easily okay. on that one. Uh, I could John McCain that one. Here, here's, a, here's a bit of advice that I would do to take that stat. What does it mean to everybody? Maybe you want to have a consistent receiver behind A.J. Green. Right. So you know, if you're looking if in maybe in the second round, if you're deciding between – Oh boy, what's the good example? Like T.Y. Hilton. Like you want T.Y. Hilton to, to pair up with A.J. Green because he's just going to get consistent targets. And right, consistent how about this? Catches. How about if you're choosing between Brandon Marshall and Brandon Cooks? We don't know enough oh. about Brandon Cooks where there's a little bit risky. Maybe you want Brandon Marshall. You know, you yeah. know what Brandon Marshall's doing. Maybe you need that pairing with A.J. Green who might go. You can't have two of your top receivers just disappear on any given week. Right. Yeah, so, I like that. The uh, the next one we got here, the Welsh, is two Lions, and this is pre- and post-Cooter. Pre-Cooter, so, post-Cooter. <laughs> Pre-Cooter and post-Cooter. Uh, the first one is uh, Matt Stafford. Uh, Pre-Cooter taking over plays, and this is game eight. He took over week eight. So for seven weeks, uh, Matt Stafford looked like this, 266 yards per game, 1.7 touchdowns per game, 11 interceptions in those Ooh. seven games. 
And the and it's funny because he didn't move that much higher with Cooter in yards and touchdowns. So 266 yards per game, which is the exact same. 2.2 uh, touchdowns per game, so about a half a, a touchdown extra. So wh- whatever, two more points for you. Only four picks in those games, though. And he really likes Jim Bob Cooter. They're going to run no, more no huddle, and he's going to spread the ball around and, more. And here's why some of that happened also. We look at the second guy, Amir Abdullah, pre-Cooter, was uh, averaging 3.5 yards per carry. Post-Cooter, 4.6 yards per carry. Going to the, uh, going to the ground more, more efficient. The whole game is working in favor of the offense with Cooter. So, you know, we had Chris Meany talk about Matthew Stafford on here as a later option. He's being more efficient, not throwing picks. And Amir Abdullah is getting more run. Uh, with Jim Bob Cooter, Jim Bob Cooter, averaging Jim almost Bob five Cooter. yards per carry, that's, that's the Amir Abdullah that we were buying on last year that you're right. actually getting a discount on this season. So it's pretty interesting to look at. How about my guy Randall Cobb? You pulled some <laughs> stuff on Cobb. Talk to me about this. Well, this is my favorite one. Uh, Randall Cobb had five games of 74 yards in those games. He averaged 6.6 receptions per game, 93.8 yards, and he had four touchdowns. Good Randall Cobb. I like this Randall Cobb a lot. This is 2014 Randall Cobb. I like to see him. Uh, The other 11 games he played, he averaged 4.31 receptions per game. Not horrible. 33.4 yards per game and two touchdowns. This is Colby Jackson. Uh, Randall Cobb that I despise and I won't draft this year. Well, and that's that you know, is why I don't like Randall. Okay, Cobb. yeah, bad Randall Cobb was averaging maybe seven points a game, uh, but good Randall Cobb was averaging fifteen plus a game. And right. as I've mentioned, you and I, we we had this we should have been recorded. We had this long debate on Randall Cobb. We were going over on the phone and it back was and funny. forth. It was funny. It was right. actually it was a great segment. We should have recorded it. But at the end of the day. I think Randall Cobb efficiently works in this offense when it is the healthy Packer offense. Jordy Nelson's back. They're going to get back to what they know. They were successful in 2014 with these players. These players right here, they're going to do it again. They're going to go to Cobb. Uh, Jordy Nelson is going to open the field up for Randall Cobb. I think we're going Closer. I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say we're going to get the six and a half and ninety yards. I think the yards could come down a little bit, but five to six receptions a game, anywhere from fifty to seventy-five yards a game, and touchdowns could go up a little bit. I think we're on the five. We're closer to that five-game Randall Cobb than we are the eleven-game this season. Uh, I. I mean, I hope you're right. I don't. I don't like personally dislike Randall Cobb. But um, I'm not drafting him where he's being drafted. I think, you know, just this is a guy that I've been known to hate because we've talked about him a lot. I don't personally dislike Randall Cobb. We fought over him last year. Yeah. I like I like him from Kentucky and all that stuff. I just don't know if he fits well for some reason. It, just, he, it, it seems weird for him here. Um, it's elite numbers, those he, five he got, games. He got those are elite chance numbers, at a number man. one, and he blew it. So that's really what makes me mad about Randall Cobb is he had his chance to be a number one with Jordy Nelson down, just couldn't do it. And now, he, get and, and now he goes back to what made him great. We're going to make Hope Randall see. Cobb great again. We're going to make <laughs> Randall Cobb great again. We are going to make Randall Cobb great again. Bogman, what's our next one? Uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, pre-you like that, <laughs> weeks one through six. Is that really two, our split? Pre, I swear to God. Uh, that's the best split ever. I looked it up, yeah. Uh, pre you like that is uh, weeks one through six, 236 yards per game, one touchdown uh, per game, and eight picks. 
uh, you like that and beyond. <laughs> 276 yards, who's averaging about 40 more yards, 2.3 touchdowns per game, and three interceptions after week eight. So week seven or after week six. So week seven to 16, those uh, 10 games. 276 yards, 2.3 touchdowns, and only three interceptions. Okay, I was so going to ask what the games better. were. I was going to ask what the, how many of the games were. Uh, that's pretty uh, – what is that, a confidence thing? See, I don't – but see, pre and post, you like that. It still doesn't tell me enough. Uh, that their running game is a, is a mess. More, he averaged one, one, almost one and a half more touchdowns and uh, way less picks. Yeah, that's nice. And 276 yards, 40 more yards per game. So now he had some like 300 yards and then, you know, 200 yard games in there. So he was a little boom or bust, but uh, the touchdowns got way better. So I don't know no, if I buy, I don't know if I buy post you like that. I don't think I'm with the Kirk Cousins. <laughs> you like that. Uh, we'll I don't see. like that. I mean, I don't it's going to be, it's going to be a big year for him because he didn't get the contract he wanted. So he's buying on himself. Yeah. So okay. we'll see. All right. What else? Uh, and uh, I'm going to be shouting you like that. This is my favorite one. Uh, because this shows how good uh, Ben Roethlisberger is. And this is Antonio Brown's stats. And uh, Ben missed four games. And the four games without Ben, uh, Antonio Brown, probably the best wideout in the league, had 4.2 receptions per game, 58 yards, zero scores. Not now Landry Jones does suck. He's horrible. Uh, does anybody AB, suck worse than Landry Jones? Um, No. No. I don't think so. Probably not. He's, he's really bad. I'd rather have Mark Sanchez. I'd rather, rather have Colin, Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick. <laughs> I was like, Kaepernick or Landry Jones? Are we trading right now? <laughs> you can have them. Done. We'll we'll have um, Jeff Driscoll be our backup. You take the mess. You guys yeah. love to take on messy backup quarter situations, so go ahead. Sure. Whatever. That's fine. Um, now, he did uh, get a 100-yard game against the Chiefs in there uh, in those four games with Ben out. But all 12 other games with Ben, 9.9 receptions per game, 133 yards, per game and nine of his touchdowns all nine of his touchdowns were in wow. those 12 games wow much better. wow those are some deep ones uh all right the next one and we'll run through some of these they're not as impactful as the top ones but amari cooper talked about a foot injury so i looked that up uh pre-foot injury he said mid-november so i went around that one weeks one through nine 5.5 receptions per game 81.3 yards and four of his touchdowns post Foot injury, three point one receptions per game, forty eight yards per game, and two touchdowns. I definitely buy. I definitely buy the pre foot injury, Amari Cooper. That's the guy that I think he is. Oh, that's a really right. good stat to look at. Two weeks. I mean, that's a uh, uh, that's a twelve hundred yard, eight touchdown receiver who's probably putting up eighty to ninety catches. So yeah, buy, Amari Cooper, buy him. Right, uh, Philip Rivers with Keenan Allen and without Keenan Allen. Uh, the touchdowns were about the same, picks were about the same, but 344 yards per game with Keenan Allen and 254 yards per Ooh, game without Keenan holy Allen. Holy! It's a 90 yard difference. So, and you said it when I was when we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Just no one fit in for Keenan Allen. No one picked up the Nobody slack did. at whatsoever. That's what makes Keenan Allen. Um, he, he is a, he's a, he's a Julian Edelman, sexy Julian on steroids where <laughs> he is, he is such a target. He amasses so many receptions and yards because he is the number one guy that alone qualifies him to be in the second round. I understand why people reach on him. I just, I want to have him on more teams this coming weekend. I'm going to attempt to try to get him somewhere because I think that, that is an amazing number. You know, we've talked a lot about a lot of stuff here to me. That's incredible. Philip rivers is putting up elite stats when Keenan Allen is a part of his team. Maybe that's not a shocker to everybody, but nobody picks up the slack when Keenan Allen is out. 
Right, and I mean, it could be a little different this year because they have Travis Benjamin, but last year it was a big, big problem. Uh, Rashad Jennings, he had four games of 14-plus carries. In those games, 108 yards, two touchdowns. The other 12 games, 35 yards per game, 12 touchdowns, or two touchdowns. Get him the ball. Yeah, he needs the rock. Another guy that needs the rock, and he would get it if he was in shape, the Welsh, Eddie Lacy. He wasn't the shape of a rock. Yeah, five games of 17-plus carries, 128 yards per game, and two touchdowns in those five games. Wow. 11 games of 13 or less carries, 23 yards per game, and one touchdown in 11 games. Oh, my God. That is why I don't like Eddie Lacy. That is brutal. in shape, he can get those 17 carries. Oh, I just, man. He still doesn't look like he's in shape. He really, well, yeah, he's a shape, just not the one that he should probably be in. Uh, how about this one, this last one? This, this is, the is one. This is the dude, Cornell one. This is the, the, this debate has been going on for weeks at the ITL Army, really everywhere. It does not stop. It's Devontae Freeman. Bogman, break it down. All right, so first half, I just did straight splits. First half, second half. First half, he had 19 rush attempts per game at 88.6 yards per game, 1.25 touchdowns per game, with five catches per game, 40.5 yards. The second half, 13 rush attempts, so they dropped way down, 43.3 yards per game. In half. Yeah, 4.1 receptions with 28 yards. That almost got cut in half, too. And uh, five touchdowns, uh, or half a touchdown per game. Total. I mean, so the people that love Freeman, kind of a first half player. The people that love Freeman talk to us about the first half. Um, the people that don't are obviously going second half. I got to tell you, he's not horrible. That's seventy one yards a game. He's not. Oh yeah, oh yeah, dude. You look at what he did in the second half. He's still putting up. I mean, the touchdowns are just not there. But it's, he's putting yeah, up six. He's probably putting up like eight point, maybe maybe ten points maximum. I mean, that it's essentially. So, I guess it's kind of be, 70 be seven yards points in PPR. It's 11. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's still, so. it's still pretty damn good, but you know what he kind of reminds me of in the second half? Charles Sims. Yeah. Who you yeah, can more get of a Charles Sims type player. Maybe 90 picks later. So, um, the Not question, in the second or third round. Yeah. The question you got to ask yourself is, uh, which player is he with Tevin Coleman, who actually won the job coming out, got hurt. Um, uh, Tevin Coleman is breathing down his neck. Is he? St- and that's a big debate. Everyone keeps talking about. People think when we talk about this, like I don't like Devontae Freeman. I like him. We just showed that even in garbagey, crappy second half, he's putting up eleven points a game in PPR. That's not bad. But you're paying first half price, which I mean, those are that's he was number one player in fantasy football. I don't believe that's there. So Bogman said it best. I'm not taking him in the second round. Third round is where you can kind of you know you can kind of do that stuff. But guess what? You can also get Charles Sims in like the eighth round if you wanted. So I know people are yeah, going to like tough. that. It's a tough call. Uh, there are lots of stuff. You know, Devontae Freeman, he, it, to a lot of people, he is the elite PPR option, but he's also got to run the ball. If if that were the case, Theoretic would be taking in the second round. He also <laughs> has to run the ball. Maybe he does it. He's an awesome talent. I just worry about it. So that's an interesting one here. Uh, second stat of the ITL's Overtime Draft Day Stats. Boom! Now we're looking at 100-yard games. Now, I found this interesting. I always find these type of things interesting because in my brain, when you're thinking about the elite players, like, I don't know, maybe it was... uh, We probably should have added this. Go look back at the 90s. What did the Barry Sanders, you know, or even LaDainian Tomlinson, you feel like 
a good running back should be getting about 100 yards at least half their games. Doesn't that that just logically sounds right? Like you know, I mean if you really break it down it's not, but you know, when you when you start to think about that you think okay, well the elite guys should really be putting up because you're talking about consistency. That's an important factor to look here. So we're looking at 100 rushing yards per game and 100 receiving yards per game and let's see where it goes. When we're looking at running backs Bogman only yes. 15 running backs last season. This is amazing to me. 15 running backs had three or more 100-yard rushing games. Only 15. Bogman, only three had five 100-yard rushing games or more. Three. Those three are Adrian Peterson, Todd Gurley, and Darren McFadden. Now, I highlighted on this list here. We'll put this up on the article page here. I highlighted in this top 15, there's four running backs that don't make sense. Alfred Blue had three 100 rushing yards games. D'Angelo Williams had four. Chris Johnson had four. And Darren McFadden had five. So what I would do in this case is, you know, uh, translate Chris Johnson to David Johnson. Le'Veon Bell had three, by the way, last year. And and D'Angelo Williams had four. So, I mean, you might be looking. Yeah, you might be looking at seven. And if you translate Darren McFadden to Ezekiel Elliott, guess what? You just got Adrian Peterson, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, and Ezekiel Elliott um, as the top four guys of 100 rushing yards per game. And why is this important? Because we're talking about the elite players. Here's some of the other players that are in there, by the way. Devontae Freeman, Doug Martin, Thomas Rawls, Ronnie Hillman, who we would put to CJ Anderson, Eddie Lacy, Lamar Miller. And the, and the only like weird caveats are LaShawn McCoy and Chris Ivory. So w- when you think in PPR, I understand you're going to go get your, you know, get your points per reception. But when you're looking at rushing yards, especially in standard, you got to look at the top tier guys. I know it sounds silly when we say it, but <laughs> it, this literally is broken down. The top of the top guys are only on this list. And it's not a lot. Adrian Peterson, not even half of his games. He had 100 yards. Todd Gurley, by the way, had five in only 13 games. Chris Johnson had four in 11 with the Cardinals. Uh, this is pretty fascinating to me. Only 15 guys had f-ing three 100-yard games or more. That There should be more. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, – I just picked a random year. I went to 2002. Um, in 2002, 21 running backs had three or more. Uh, yeah, uh, three or more hundred yard games. Ricky Williams led the league, by the way. Hook him. How and many? Priest Holmes, hook him. Uh, ten for him and nine okay. for Priest Holmes. See, there you go. And and okay, so eight for Clinton Portis, eight for Deuce McAllister, and then seven for Tomlinson. Look at that. Was it four or five running backs that had more than the top guy last season? So people, okay, first thing people are going to go to, well, <laughs> the advent of no more workhorse. Well, guess who the top guys are. Adrian Peterson, Todd Gurley, Doug Martin, and Darren McFadden. Darren McFadden, there was not a time, or really a timeshare going on last season. In 2005, I just, sorry, I'm just, now I'm interested. In 2005, 11 100 yard games for Sean Alexander, 10 for Larry Johnson, 9 for Clinton Portis, 9 for Edgerin, 8 for Tiki Barber. Dude, uh, what we're talking <laughs> about here, this kind of comes back to the no running back stretcher. Is it overrated? Well, yeah, especially if you can get these top-end guys. People are passing up the top-end running backs, which are the ones that are providing the most consistency. We're passing up you know, running backs that are in the top tier of this. They're, they're not performing like they did 10 years ago. 
but they're still the guys that are giving you the most consistency. Uh, Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell average out to probably seven. Uh, Adrian Peterson sputtered a little bit out. But listen to some of the guys that only had one last season. This is fascinating. Carlos Hyde only had one. He only played seven games, but only one. Uh, Jamal Charles only had one in his five games. If you had to span it out, what does that give him? Three. Matt Forte. Uh, Giovanni Bernard. Um, Marshawn Lynch last year, and he played seven games. David Johnson did only have one. Mark Ingram only had one. Uh, that's a big list, Bogman. Matt Jones, James Starks, Amir Abdullah. And, uh, Amir Abdullah know, had none. Yeah, and so, and sometimes, uh, you know, with this new type of NFL offense, you're going to make up with it for, you know, receiving yards Absolutely. and stuff. But not all the time. Like, I'm even, you know, I went back. Uh, you know, to 2010, and there were you said how many three or more was 13? The Welsh is that what you said? 15 three or more hundred yard games. 15. 15. Yeah, there were 19 in, in 2010. So you can kind of see, you know, 21 to 19 to now 15. It's just going to get more and more like that every year, and that's why you know, like when we asked that question before, I you know, I was uh, I said I think maybe that second running back is going to go away because the running backs are getting worse and worse and yeah. worse. There were two uh, in 2012. Peterson and Lynch both had 10 100-yard rushing games, and then Foster, Charles, Morris all had seven. Chris Johnson, C.J. Spiller, and Doug Martin were all running for it's 100 yards. It's the death yards. of the running back. It's the death of the running back. The thing that you can glean from this also, if you play in any PPR format, look at the amount of non-wide receiver running backs that are on this list. But then the ones that are, they jump right the hell out to you. Uh, Le'Veon right. Bell, if you replace D'Angelo Williams with Le'Veon Bell and he has seven, you have Lamar Miller who only had three, you have Devontae Freeman who only had four, which you would think would have more. So really, he caught the ball a lot though. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, he absolutely did. But Le'Veon Bell, if he averages out, I mean, he is the top, and I know he's, you know, it's, it's obvious he might have been the number one player for a lot of people, but you forget that when you hear he's suspended for three games and you don't think about that. But this guy, Le'Veon, this guy, Le'Veon Bell, <laughs> you're looking, Le'Veon Bell, you're looking at a, I think a six to eight, one hundred rushing yard game guy. Plus, he's receiving. A lot of these other guys aren't catching a whole bunch. So it is fascinating to look at how it has deteriorated. But you need to understand the quote unquote hashtag top tier running backs <laughs> because some of those mid guys can really disappoint you. Now let's move over to the wide receivers. Where? If uh, let's take a number, let's take four. There are 18 players that had four or more 100 yard games last season, Bogman, and only four players had eight or more 100 yard games. You can probably guess three of the four uh, Odell (laughs) Beckham, Julio Jones and Antonio Brown had eight, nine and nine. But the number one player of 100 yard games last season, Brandon Marshall. My guy, Brandon Marshall. I love Brandon Marshall. Brandon freaking Marshall on that list. So, yes, there is more consistent consistency from the 100-yard game that you're getting at wide receivers, but it has kind of moved over now where you, know, you see 10, 9, 9, 8, and then there's a drop-off where it's Allen Robinson and DeAndre Hopkins. They only had six, which is still pretty good. Gronkowski had five. Uh, Mari Cooper and Evans had um, five, as well as Sammy Watkins, Allen Hearns. Here's one that I want to talk to you about. By the way, and you mentioned it before, A.J. Green only had four. He had the same amount as uh, Jordan Matthews and Emmanuel Sanders, which is a little concerning. And this is the thing 
for me. This is the reason why I like taking wide receivers in the first round. And I don't like, I mean, what did I say earlier? My two backs that I'm taking in the first round are Peterson and Gurley. That's what I'm trying to get. I mean, I'll take Elliott or uh, David Johnson in the first round, but they got to be late. Elliot. But this is the reason you find more consistency in wide receivers. This is the reason why I like taking them. And we're also labeling out well, we're not we're not using this to say that's why you gotta take the wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, no. wide receiver. No. no. You take the top players at these positions. Here's the interesting one I wanted to talk about, where when you look at this, you could be like, Oh well, you're wrong on this guy, Michael Floyd. Michael Floyd showed up eleven on this list with five. He's in the same camp as Gronk. Cooper, Evans, Watkins, and Alan Hearns of players that had five 100-yard games last season, which that looks pretty good. But I also looked, and I'm here to tell you that six games that Michael Floyd had, he had one or zero catches in. Six. (laughs) Oh, my. You know what? When you said that, I went to go look. And there are – hold on. There are one, two – Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of his games where he had 60 yards or less. Yeah, and six games he had one or zero catches. What have I told you before? He he disappears. He disappears in games. Obviously, he can blow up. That's why I say he's like the he's like the poor man's AJ Green. Uh, Obviously, if you're getting a poor man's AJ Green, you're happy. But in an offense where I'm not, I'm not, I don't think he is the number two. I think, I mean, if John Brown doesn't ever get on the damn field he might be and that might be a different case but you're looking at a boomer bust weekly player how much is that going to hurt you you know who this is the welsh do you know who he compares to from last year who randall cobb oh boo don't randall cobb what did i say okay well maybe that's right okay but to that point then how well how many (laughs) how many one or zero catch games did randall cobb have last season i don't think he had any one or zero okay well how much is that going to hurt your weekly team you're going out there you're facing whoever and michael floyd puts up a one donut donuts are horrible one a zero that hurts you obviously he goes and has 150 yards and a bunch of catches the only type of donut i don't like exactly So I would say when you're looking at this, you know, someone might use that Michael Floyd stat to their advantage. I see the negative in in that. But the positive thing to see is of the 100-yard games, it's it's the cast of characters that you want to see. You want to see Demarius Thomas is in there with four. Emmanuel Sant, two Denver uh, wide receivers, two Jacksonville wide receivers in there in this crew of guys. Not two Jets, which is surprising. Eric Decker didn't show up here. Uh, he showed up. Uh, boy, I'd have to look down here. Let's actually take a look too. Well, Randall uh, Eric Decker was was in the red zone. By the way, Randall Cobb had. Uh, let me count it right here: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Uh-oh. eight, nine, ten games of less than fifty yards. Well, I didn't say yards. Give me the catches. How many games did he have? One or zero? Well, catches? if you're not PPR, that's a big deal. Dude. Yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're right PPR, about that. That's a big deal. But, My arguments to Randall had, Cobb though uh, are not. My my arguments one, two, are PPR to Cobb. Uh, I'll just go uh, under five reception games. It's one, two, three, four, five, six. Six uh, games of under five receptions. How many one four or less. zero? None. Zero okay. of those. Just trying to check that out. He had you one, two that. for 24. But uh, no, no, I, I said that before. I said I don't think he had any ones or zeros. Okay. He didn't. Here's a couple of players, by the way, you might be surprised that had uh, two 100-yard games last season when you're thinking about their elite status. T.Y. Hilton 
Only had two. Played all sixteen games. Only two. Yeah, that's a lot of Matt Hasselbeck. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't fault him that okay. much. Uh, Jordan Reed. Okay, that's surprising, but he got in the end zone a lot. Like Decker, he got in the end zone a lot. My guy, John Brown. That's a little concerning. How about this one, Dante Moncrief? Only two last year. Yeah, still Hasselbeck. Like, see, I don't, I don't mind those guys that much. You know, I'm, I'm not going to fault them for having Matt Hasselbeck as a quarterback. Okay. Well, I think it's interesting to look at. Um, if you want to break Randall it down, <laughs> yeah, Ruben Randall had one. <laughs> Only 18 wide receivers had four or more 100-yard games last season. Only 15 running backs had three or more. If you want to take the four number. James White had a 100-yard receiving game last year. Uh, well, yeah, I remember that. If you want to keep at the four, only nine running backs had four or more 100-yard games, and uh, 18 wide receivers did. So there is depth at the wide receiver position that these guys fill out. There is not great depth. It, it's not all about 100-yard games. We get it. We understand it. We're just taking a look at a sample size, which just happens to show a lot of the elite players. I think they tell multiple stories, but it is fascinating to see Brandon Marshall at the top of the wide receivers. Mm. If you're looking for consist, I look at this and I see consistency. Those are things that I'm looking at. Michael Floyd does not reap consistency to me, but um, Amari Cooper does with five. Sammy Watkins does. Sammy Watkins, by the way, had five in only 13 games. Not a not of the seventeen. Actually, I'll tell you this: of the eighteen that I told you, two players come off very impressively. Alshon Jeffrey had four one hundred yard games in only nine games, and Sammy Watkins had five in thirteen. Everyone else played fifteen or sixteen games that season, so those might be players that will be trending up a little bit. But they're also like hotly drafted players, right? Right, now. right. They're, they're, I mean, they've got upside. Yeah. And then that's why they're being drafted so high. Yeah, I mean, I like the fact that uh, Jacksonville had two of these guys in here. And Allen Robinson was six, Hearns with five. I like that. Yeah, Make, it makes me feel good. It solidifies a few things in my brain on some of these players. And uh, we will put this little list up if you just want to browse it and uh, find your own story. That's going to tell you on this article page. And guess what? That is it. That is it for episode 60. Uh, We had your questions. We had the splits. We had the 100-yard games. We had a little bit of Joey Bosa. We had some Kaepernick. (laughs) I think we had a little bit for everybody. Love it if you guys want to go check out our brand-new T-shirts. We got some of the old goodies, uh, Body by Cheeseburger, which Bogman wore in our our video game battle. We got the 99 Problems, but we have the brand-new ITL Football Shield and the We Have an Army ITL T-shirt. There's hoodies. There's different colors. There's a uh, ITL NFL Shield mug if you want to take that out, and we would love to get pictures. So just go check it out, uh, InTheSleague.com or teespring.com slash stores slash ITL store. And be on the lookout for In This League on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's gonna That's be right, the Welsh. You turn on the Fantasy Sports Network at 8 o'clock Eastern on Wednesday, and you will hear the In This League podcast. Other things you need to do, you need to go to InThisLeague.com, and you need to click on the Amazon banner if you're going to buy anything through Amazon.com for these guys. These are two of the best in the business, fellas. You almost lost Gruden there, but you picked it back up. I, really I think I turned into Ron Jaworski. A little bit. I said, like, a little bit, I was like, you need to go to InThisLeague.com and click on the banner. Yeah. And then... You can buy stuff on Amazon.com. You were kind of losing it, so I'm, I'm glad you were able to grab that back. Uh, on Friday, to let you guys know, it is the final mock draft of this season. Perfect timing to set you up for your drafts this weekend. It is mock draft 9.0. It is a half-point 
uh, per reception draft. 12-man, three wide receiver, two running back. It fits all suits for you. So a uh, half point, I think, does well for standard. I think it does well for actual PPR. And I think you will enjoy it. So make sure that you tune in on Friday before your drafts. And uh, be on the lookout for uh, everything we got going on as the uh, guest episodes, the main episodes, are going to start up next week. Go check out NoHalftime.com and uh, use our promo code ITLNFL to get set up for the NFL season. Make some money using No Halftime. But you can find us on Twitter at IsItTheWelsh at Bogman Sports. We love you deeply. Go to InThisLeague.com. Find all the other podcasts we have going on. Make sure that you're always having so much fun. So much fun. See ya. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere where even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.